Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Six Feet Under. How's that sound? Huh? Huh? Yeah! It's, it sounds, good. sounds fucking great to say. That's how it feels. Oh, yeah. I'm happy to be back. Now is when I start playing The Boys Are Back in Town, but I think I'm the only boy here, so never mind. <laughs> the girls are back in town. Zero or one or more town. boys are back in town. I, I can be a boy for back in town purposes. <laughs> nice. It's true. Yeah. Nice. I think my I think my gender is flexible enough in that direction. Yeah. <laughs> I, I cannot be a boy. I'm sorry. I tried. <laughs> didn't, didn't go so good. Didn't right. Didn't didn't work. In any case, what we have for us today is we're we're doing a full like session zero for a Star Wars miniseries, and we're going to be talking about a galaxy uh, a, a constellation more like of games uh galactic second edition by riley rathal going rogue by jess levine and the scum and villains expansion also by jess levine what does all that mean i'm going to talk about it later right now i want to tell you that these three uh, uh items that i just mentioned and more are currently available in a single bundle for discounted bundle wise pricing uh, that's called the Wretched Bundle of Scum and Villainy. It's available on Itch, and it will be available throughout the month of May. So if you're listening to this now or up until the end of May 2023, you can go get that bundle. So now let's meet all of those voices who just uh, chimed in up at the top. Joining us from our uh, usual feats stable is, of course, the, the one and only Velmini. Hello, it's good to be back. What have you been up to since last you were on Six Feet Under? Um, Which is not terribly long ago. Honestly, yeah. I got all four of my books out. I just got engaged mm. last week. That's nice. Mm. Hey, Goodness. That, that's kind of big news, I guess. Congratulations. Thank you. And I started writing a third edition of Fellowship, and then I got burned out again. So we'll see when that picks back up. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, well, not entirely fantastic, yeah, yeah. but I'm, I'm glad to hear most of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, joining us uh, once again is Pauline Ragni. Ragni, thank you for for coming to join us. What have you been up to since oh. I think Monster Hearts Two was the the last thing you did with with feats? Yeah, it was a while ago. Uh, I I I stream on Twitch mostly, uh, and the last thing I just finished last Saturday playing through Persona Five. The, the royal version with my friend Harriet, and we had a, a lot of fun discussing how the game succeeds and sometimes fails at, you know, showing a bunch of teens unionizing and uh, <laughs> starting a rev- revolution against the status quo. Our, our last person rejoining us from previous Feast stuff, Medibot, my goodness, it has been forever since since uh, we, we've had you back on, and I'm so excited that, that this is the opportunity. Yeah, I'm I'm really glad to be back. You know, I've I've been away for about forty years, but uh, <laughs> you know, I think I've I've finally caught my second wind when it comes to tabletop, and I'm really really glad to be back. Um, haven't been up to too much in these last few decades, as far as you know, making making nice videos or anything like that. But I am still s- slowly but surely working on. Um, my reverse engineering and uh, analysis of the game of Yoshi's Cookie for the Super Nintendo. Thank and you for supporting sports. electronic sports. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we do have people, as always, in our games, I feel like. New faces, new names. 
uh, uh, joining the, the big feats umbrella. Uh, let's go alphabetically, I suppose. Action Shakespeare, oh. uh, please introduce yourself to the, the fine listeners. Hello, I am Action Shakespeare, uh, otherwise known as Shakespeare sometimes. I do a lot of media things. Uh, lately, it's been a lot of streaming. <laughs> Um, but I, I am actually involved in a in an actual play myself uh, called Tales of Harbor. You can find it on Twitter, I think, at Harbor Tales. That'll have all the relevant links. If you like magical, uh, like modern fantasy, dead-end jobs, <laughs> basically. <laughs> a reclamation service for, for magical items and the adventures of the staff therein. I'm I, sorry if I missed it, but what's the game that, that is oh, being that, played Oh, that's being run in OVA, the anime role-playing game. Ah. Um, it's a very interesting system. It's it's fun, based on just common D6 numbers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just collecting mm-hmm. them. Um, I also am on a podcast called The Longtime Watcher, First Time Writer. It is a common writer watch-through podcast. Uh, we have done all of the original Common Rider series, the the very first one from 1972. Uh, uh, all 98 episodes of that. <laughs> it was boy howdy. It was a lot of a lot of nothing. Um, That's a really good podcast name, by the way. Thank you. I I I will take full credit for the name <laughs> because, because I am very proud of it. Um, it's clever. I like it. I am. I'm one of the first time writers. Uh, we had. Mm-hmm. It's. It's centered around uh, my friend uh, uh, King Fats, who who has watched many common writers in his life and is is guiding us through multiple series. And other than that, I'm I'm streaming at uh, Twitch.tv slash ACTN Shakespeare. I do things like about three times a week, and you can find mm-hmm. all that all that there. <laughs> very, very glad to have you. Uh, uh, people in uh, the the Feats Discord will know you as one of the people there. <laughs> I I'm I'm so definitely there. <laughs> definitely there. It's a it, it's a proud tight-knit family. I think <laughs> we've got in in our our cozy little server. But uh there is yet one more person to introduce. Six Detmar, welcome to the show. Why don't you uh likewise tell the listeners uh, a little bit about yourself, please. Uh, it would be an honor. Uh, hi, I'm six, uh, not an age. I'm 34. So, you know, listen, that we get that joke out of the way. Um, <laughs> I am um, primarily, I guess I'm a podcaster. I'm the editor-in-chief for a network called Scanlane Media. And so I put out about five podcasts a week. Yeah, so games, anime, mecha design. Uh, you've been on that a couple of times. I've been on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you want to hear people talk about how, if you look really hard at the Gundam, it turns out it's cool. Uh, we do Mm -hmm, that. mm -hmm. I, I do also have a tabletop podcast, but it's, um, I have too many podcasts. And so some of the shows don't get to do as much as I would like. And it's, it's a great (laughs) honor to be on a show that I think maybe has, has your stuff a little more together than we do. Well, it's because I only do six podcasts. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. You're not working for that baker's dozen that I got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So we've introduced the people. Now let's introduce uh, the the sort of agenda at hand, the to-do list. Why in the world are we doing a session zero? I don't think we've ever done something labeled a session zero in the years of Six Feet Under. Well, what sets this one apart is that this one didn't start with a pitch behind the scenes. Instead, I saw this game that I think would be really interesting, and I asked a bunch of people, would you be in tr- 
interested in helping turn this into an actual thing. And the people in this call said yes. <laughs> Along with like five others, a lot Along, of people yeah, are hyped yeah. to get back to this game podcast. That's really that's really heartening. I'm hoping uh, if I can think long term, because part of the pitch, what little there was of a pitch was like, I'm looking at like four sessions to ten sessions, absolute max, right? Mm -hmm. If this game goes beyond this calendar year, I've messed up and failed (laughs) in my goals. (laughs) And I think that that is a place where feats as it has become after these many, many multi-year projects have, have all come to a close in their own ways. I think that length is where we can thrive and get activity and seeing the people who are like, I'd love to, but scheduling or, but not star Wars, not so much getting back to those people for the next thing, whatever that is. Oh, I'm looking forward to that already. Oh, me too. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm real excited. But, but the big question at hand then is uh, in order to play this star Wars inspired game or, or a group of related games and expansions, what exactly is Star Wars? What is our Star Wars, the six of us here? Uh, and that is something that I don't want to answer just yet, because I'm pretty sure it's going to be the lion's share of our runtime today. So instead, I'm going to answer the next question that raises itself. What exactly is Galactic 2nd Edition, Going Road 2nd Edition, and the Scum and Villains expansion? Again, all together in the wretched bundle of Scum and Villainy, available now through the end of May. Uh, uh, these are belonging outside belonging games. This is a GMless engine first used in uh, Dream Askew by Avery Alder and Dream Apart by Benjamin Rosenbaum. Uh, th- this engine is a- also called No Dice, No Masters. Uh, interactions <laughs> use codified narrative moves and a token system rather than any sort of randomization or anyone sitting behind a screen with like a different narrative purpose, a different gameplay perspective than anyone else at the table. We're all in this together, right? So the way that this token system works is that by doing vulnerable moves, a character or other entity more on that later, will uh, gain themselves a token. A strong move requires a token be spent in order to to, uh, enact it. And then there are also lateral moves that give uh, uh, one person's tokens to someone else. And now, again, because it is GMless in its ideal state, which is also how I think we are going to play, uh, rather than working on a GM's notes and prep, the greater setting, you know, beyond our characters is going to def- be defined by a series of pillars, which have their own moves and also participate in the token economy. Uh, Feats listeners will probably be thinking it's kind of like fellowship in that way. Uh, like uh, uh, fellowship and belonging outside belonging, I think are both some number of generation descended from the the Powered by the Apocalypse engine so that you can still see a vague family resemblance or in a a more, I don't know, web of life evolutionary model, convergent evolution, uh, responding to the same sort of uh, uh, environmental pressures, I guess. Yeah. If Fellowship's a grandchild of Apocalypse World, then this seems like a great-great-grandchild. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes you look kind of like your second cousin, you know? Mm-hmm. Sometimes things happen. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let's talk about these particular games in a little more detail. So, Galactic 2nd Edition. 
uh, designed by Riley Rathal, as previously mentioned. This is a uh, uh, the the subtitle on the cover is a game of rebellion, relationships, and war among the stars. This is character driven space opera. This is mythic Star Wars. This game sounds like John Williams. And so the playbooks included here are the Ace, the Nova, the Defector, the Diplomat, the Scoundrel, and the Mechanic. Let's go round robin and read these out. Let's do this alphabetical by uh, uh, name here in the recording. So Shakes, if you would read page 12, you are the Ace and then the two uh, italicized lines. Okay. Uh, You are the Ace. The Ace is a skilled pilot. Their power comes from their agility, conviction, and nerve. Then uh, uh, you are the Nova. The Nova is attuned to the space between. Their power comes from their emotion, focus, and intuition. You are the Defector. The Defector used to work for the Mandate, but got out. Their power comes from their compassion, determination, and will to change. You are the Diplomat. The Diplomat has a position of power or influence in the galaxy. Their power comes from their leadership, negotiation, and strategy. Uh, You are the Scoundrel. The Scoundrel is a member of the underbelly of the galaxy. Their power comes from their connections, recklessness, and criminal history. You are the Mechanic. The Mechanic is a fixer. Their power comes from their mechanical knowledge, drive, and insight. Those are the uh, play, the character playbooks. And if you uh, heard, you know, the diplomat and thought, oh, yeah, like Princess Leia, that's exactly right. Like, uh, uh, this is a game that does not hide its, its influences at, at all. But I mentioned the pillars before, and uh, uh, the pillars of uh, Galactic are the space between, the mandate, the liberation, and scum and villainy. I think we've wrapped it back around to you, Shakes, for uh, the space between, please. All right. You also play the space between. The connections between people are what surround us and give us strength. The galaxy is never silent. It is alive and humming with energy that you can feel if you pay attention. When channeled correctly, the space between can turn dominions into empires and revolts into revolutions. But be careful, for concentrated power can be dangerous for anyone who dares come near. You also play the Mandate. Sometimes it feels like there's no escape from its gravity. The Mandate is an intergalactic superpower that uses its might to control the galaxy with fear, propaganda, and alienation. The only way the Mandate can perpetuate itself is with constant aggression, advancement of weaponry, and violence— and we know that it will eventually collapse under its own weight. However, until then, it continues to cause death and destruction across the galaxy. You also play the Liberation. There are many in the galaxy who are not willing to go down without a fight. The Liberation are your comrades in arms, the people of the galaxy who are actively resisting and fighting back against the Mandate. No revolution is perfect. It is made of people who are prone to disagreement and distrust. But that, many say, is what separates them from the Mandate, working together towards a better future for the galaxy. You also play the scum and villainy. You know, criminals. <laughs> I, just, I just want to, I just want to make it clear. That's all that's written for the scum yes. and villainy? It's literally yes. like six words total, just scum and villainy, you know. Criminals. Criminals. Scumbags. 
One of them words is an ampersand. Yeah. <laughs> Assholes. <laughs> Jerks. So, so, so those are the elements in play in Base Galactic Second Edition. So let's talk. Let's talk about Going Rogue Second Edition by Jess Levine. This is a, a full expansion about the more material side of Rebellion. People who've played it in recent months, at least, have have described it essentially as Andor the game. Mm-hmm. But uh, for one thing, it predated that that program and is more inspired by Levine's experience as an anti-fascist organizer. Uh, that I think really gives it its particular focus. Uh, the playbooks here are The Spy, The Leveraged, The Knight Errant, The Convert, and The Loyal, with additional pillars, The Parliament, The Intelligence, and The Bond. Let's keep that same order. Uh, six, that makes you the re, uh, that, that leaves the spy for you, please. Sure. You are the spy. The spy is a skilled operator, highly committed, but ruthless. Their power comes from their cunning, determination, and their willingness to do whatever it takes. You are the leveraged. The leveraged is a non-believer compelled by circumstance. Their power comes from their outside perspective, their desperation, and their capacity to grow. You are the knight errant. The knight errant once served a cause, and now searches for one. Their power comes from their experience, grit, and renewed passion. You are the convert. The convert joined the liberation recently, and truly believes it can make a difference. Their power comes from their conscious optimism, energy, and luck. You are the loyal. The loyal is a stalwart friend, difficult to win over, but unwavering in their allegiance. Their power comes from their tenacity, self-sacrifice, and uncompromising commitment to care for those they are bonded to. Now, uh, we're going to skip the bond pillar. That is something that is specific to uh, uh, or only involved in a game with the loyal in play. So if we, uh, when we get to character creation, if someone wants to be the loyal, we'll talk about the bond then. It's just kind of an outlier and doesn't really define the setting so much as it des- defines two uh, player characters within it. Uh, so that means, Ragni, if you would take the parliament, please. You also play the parliament. A revolution is nothing without its democracy. The Parliament represents a diverse range of forces, factions, and commitments joining together to try to negotiate their differences and devise a plan that they can all share. At its best, the Parliament is a comradely collectivity and an example of how a more just galaxy would be governed. Sadly, democracy is not without its discontent. The Parliament is often slow to action, even when the situation calls for decisiveness. It can be conservative and conciliatory, aiming to keep the peace and avoid risk when only daring action can move the galaxy closer to freedom. At its worst, the Parliament is a wrench caught in the gears of liberation. You also play the intelligence. A revolution is nothing without its might. It is the liberation spies that enable its small fleet to succeed against a vast enemy. The intelligence is a clandestine network and a messy hierarchy of burdened people who do whatever it takes to rid the galaxy of the mandate. At its best, the intelligence can turn a a guaranteed defeat into a galaxy-inspiring victory. Sadly, intelligence work is not without its inequities. It's possible to do great evils in pursuit of justice and difficult to walk that line without treading over it. 
those in liberation intelligence position themselves to avoid oversight and accountability whenever possible and are not above hurting those with good intentions. At its worst, the intelligence corrupts the ethical and democratic principles that distinguish the liberation and the mandate. All right. Thank you very much. If you're playing a uh, uh, going rogue game, those two playbooks go in and the liberation gets pulled out. The liberation gets split in half, in a sense, you know, in a manner of speaking, in order to make that uh, uh, the fractious nature of uh, uh like how tense, resisting, and all-encompassing authoritarian state can be by like splitting them up uh, and highlighting their, I mean, parliament and the intelligence, like the the description say, they're both definitely the good guys, but they have different jobs and different interests, and sometimes things get complicated that way. So that's that's a big marker of the difference in tone and intent between going rogue and and base galactic. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Is that mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that brings us to the Scum and Villains expansion, uh, also by Jess Levine, and at time of recording, less than a week old. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just came out, hot off the press. So uh, this shifts the focus to dealing with criminal organizations and the tenuous honor among thieves in this divided galaxy. Uh, uh, one of the taglines is get by, get out, or get even. Uh, the ad- the additional playbooks are the hustler and the mercenary, and the uh, additional pillars are, similar to going rogue, splitting scum and villainy into the scum and the villainy. So I think we left off with uh, Vel, if you would start by reading the hustler, please. Yeah, you are the hustler. The hustler has much to hide and more to offer. Their power comes from their creativity their connections, and their desire to finally belong. You are the mercenary. The mercenary bears the scars of countless jobs. Their power comes from their experience, their calloused skin, and their aching heart. You also play the scum. The galaxy is rife with desperation. On the margins of empire, those without options do what they must to make ends meet. These scum are everywhere. Your friends, your peers, even your rivals. Taken together, they are a force to be reckoned with, but their desperation can all too easily be used to divide them. They're not always the most reliable bunch, but they're who you have, and when the chips are down, they might just surprise you. You also play the villainy. The galaxy is rife with opportunity. On the margins of empire, where some see desperation, others see the potential for profit. These racketeers and warlords will kick you while you're down, then charge you for the opportunity to stand. There are always credits to be made in their employment, and blaster bolts for those who dare to cross them. Fantastic. Thank you all very much. We've made it through the playbooks. I, I will Three know. sets of them. Um, Sorry, <laughs> but I think... Oh, I'm reading the pre-release. <laughs> That's my problem. I was going to say, they they were a lot more succinct about the scum in the pre-release. <laughs> I just thought I'd vamp for a bit. Uh, no. <laughs> you know, criminals. Mm-hmm. You know, criminals. <laughs> you know, morons. <laughs> what a good I clip don't... that is. That's the thing. I actually don't know any criminal. I can't admit to anything on air, so. (laughs) (laughs) So I kind of want to play the mercenary or the Uh knight errant. mm -hmm. 
Just throwing that out there to start with. Sure. I don't know what else everyone else is feeling like. I think before we get to... I'm, I'm glad people are having ideas. I'm glad people mm-hmm. have concepts. Mm-hmm. But I think I want to start a little closer to first principles right here. Okay. And, and just start by saying, what do we want to do with Star Wars? In part because... Uh, like we described the, these three games or this game and its two media expansions, uh, uh, have very different focuses mm-hmm. that, uh, play well together in some ways, but not others. If we just haphazardly pick and mix things, we're going to have, uh, uh a, a higher burden to carry to make it all gel. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think that, that just starting a bit top level to shape what we want our campaign to be is going to help us make better decisions later, if that makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. So in in prep, in prep for this prep, <laughs> I, I wrote up a, a short little survey, sent it out to the group, got a number of responses that I cannot match to responders. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Which is something I realized while compiling them. <laughs> should we I raise our hands? What we wrote. <laughs> when, yeah. when we were doing it, I was like, it's really interesting that Grant wants this to be anonymous, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, just an oversight. <laughs> I should have added one more question. Please identify yourself. <laughs> What's your operating number? <laughs> Aren't you a little short for a to- stormtrooper? It was what? It was four or five questions. One of them was like, hey... When we're making our fake Star Wars, do we want to call it Star Wars, basically? And uh, the answer was yes. We, yeah. we want Star Wars names. We want iconography. It's the, the sheet might say the space between on it, but at our table, it's the Force, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Is that still true? Is that still where people are at? Yeah. yeah. I, I do yeah. like the idea of adding orbs, but yes. I, I think <laughs> There could be orbs. The Force could have orbs. I was going to yeah, say, there's enough orbs. can have orbs. <laughs> Nothing yeah, to I'm say jumping orbs or Forbes. I'm jumping ahead on the page a little bit, but Star Wars Vision says we can we can add any kind of weird object we want. Yeah, yeah. Judging by that survey, again, I want to check it out, everybody. We're looking to be GMless, right? Story is going to be the responsibility of talking with one another, with asking questions to one another, and collaboratively uh, uh, everybody like pitching in to to paint in this world that we're going to try to outline tonight, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Th- this is not one of us sitting and like mapping out sort of narrative bus stops to to play <laughs> session by session. So uh, that means I just want to heads up, everyone, please be mindful of the pillars we have in play and what they want and keep an eye to how they might get it, right? The, the mm-hmm. sort of system of pillars and interacting with their moves essentially fills in the GM role in this game. Mm-hmm. So I just want to have that on everybody's radar at most, if not all times. Okay. This also means I get to make... A, a person to be. Yay. I love doing GMless games on the show because it means I get to be a player. Yeah! <laughs> Yay! Grant is free. It is a big upside to the GMless games or like a yes. fellowship where the GM just gets a playbook too. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Or the Monster Hearts 2 miniseries on Six Feet Under where someone else wants to run mm-hmm. a game mm-hmm. and wants to have me in it. And yay! Yeah. We tried to feed a pig to a frozen yogurt machine. <laughs> oh god, we did do that. <laughs> uh, in I this case, this. of course, it'll be a frozen blue milk machine. <laughs> All right. Um, so as a gameplay note, I do want to say something I really do want to do. 
is I yeah. like that scum and villainy are split up in the expansion, and I want to do yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm, it's a lot mm-hmm, more mm-hmm. interesting than the scum and villainy as a single unit in the base game to me. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. A, Especially since I just watched Breaking Bad, and, like, <laughs> uh-huh, um, yes. the scum is, like, Jesse and Beaver, and then the villainy is, like, Gus and Mike. <laughs> it's For sure. great to have those separate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, one note that I'm going to take from uh, uh, Jess Levine, the designer of the Scum and Villainy expansion, is if we're going to have that, we're not going to be uh, taking the pillars from... Uh, uh, going Rogue? From from going rogue. It feels like especially the parliament, but to a certain degree the intelligence as well, are really like if you are deep in the politics of the resistance yeah. itself. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm, and make mm-hmm. less sense outside of it. Oh, yeah, no I, I kind of want, want a more no one, action-y game than that. <laughs> me, me no one too, wants a little politics bit. in Star Wars. I like yeah. adventure. <laughs> I want a little more adventure. Sure, 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 sure. Trade disagreements. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to speak up, Medivod. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want all opinions heard. I don't want to just override and take over. I, I mean, just you, just sort of thinking, you know, with 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 going rogue being described as end with the game. I I really liked, you know, I, I liked the whole show, but it, but in Andor, I really liked the parts that took place in sort of the the more political realm mm-hmm. and the tension and types of risks that people there could take and did take. Um, so I, I, I don't I don't want to cut it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. maybe it, it might not need to be a pillar for it to still right. come up right. from time to time. I can absolutely agree with that. Yeah. I'm not saying I don't want any politics. I just don't right. know if it needs the full support of two pillars. Like, the liberation can do that... There doesn't need to be two pillars representing opposite poles within the liberation to do that. Is yeah. is is that where we're landing? I, I think that's so. how I feel. Yeah. 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 I do like that idea that we want to keep up with the the politics though, because that is important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Basically, politics to me is just like consequences. Things have consequences <laughs> because uh-huh. there's other people involved. That's politics. There, there's cause and effect in this mm-hmm. galaxy. Yeah. I've I've done a little bit of Star Wars stuff, and I do mm-hmm. love playing with the idea of like what it means to just be a person in the middle of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, like so, like political stuff is is interesting in that you know it can also just go from the grander scale to the why would someone who drives a truck do this. <laughs> Like, why <laughs> at risk of their own body? Like, what drives someone to like finally help for something bigger mm-hmm, than themselves, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and other vague notions like that? <laughs> so yeah, I'm not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like the mix. Uh, while while we're talking about top level stuff, mm-hmm. there there was one of the questions was just an open ended thing in that survey, and the question was I, I wanted to know an element uh, that people liked in Star Wars that stands out to you, something that we can build out into our own thing. So I'm just going to read these in the order they were submitted. <laughs> You're going to embarrass me. I mean, I guess they won't know it's me, but you know, unless yeah. you own up to it, yeah. Top top one. Droids are everywhere. You cannot shake a stick without bonking a droid in A New Hope. <laughs> Bring that back. Agree. Yeah. 
Number two, despite all the technology for space transportation, places can still feel so far away as to barely even exist. See, it's smart, thoughtful, something I would not write. (laughs) (laughs) Number three, something about cockpit chatter from the trench run comms to Han just saying punch it, Chewie, always sits with me, a dream to replicate properly. Uh, Next, I love battle droids. I love (laughs) Obi-Wan saying, how did this happen? We're smarter than this in Revenge of the Sith. I love Luke sniping at an apologetic Han before the Death Star run in A New Hope. That is a good moment. That is a moment that I don't think gets enough respect. Mm. Uh, Fifth response. Something that strikes me is how the Empire is homogenous, all human, while the rebels are an eclectic bag, aliens of all types. Do people want a sidebar into what I believe is the current canon explanation for this? Is it not just they're racist? It is similar. I was going to say it's uh, racist, but also the clones, right? It's ableist. Like, when the the Empire is interested in uh, mass standards, and the standard they go with is able-bodied, standard-size, standard-shape human. So, like, anybody who is, like, a different silhouette or a different, like... Their, their limbs go a different way. They breathe a different atmosphere. If they're a little they're short out. for a stormtrooper. Yeah. They're just out of the system. But this also applies to uh, human or near-human disability concerns. And, like, who who is their, like, big token alien success? It's Thrawn, who is also an able-bodied, standard-size-and-shape human yeah, just yeah. who is blue. Like the... <laughs> The aliens that fit in with the Empire are ones that are just, like, humans, but with, like, different colored skin. Star Trek Mm. aliens. Yeah. As far as I know, that is, like, the current canon situation. That makes a lot of sense, honestly. You know, that brings to mind how they treat Vader in the first movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That guy's a freak. And they They don't don't hold back. For him. (laughs) Just because he's really powerful and important. Yeah, it helps that he can choke you with his brain, because um, yeah. <laughs> if he couldn't do that, they would just be roasting him that whole meeting. <laughs> uh, I interrupted myself. Okay, uh, sixth answer. Leia is a standout character, someone whose position feels constraining, yet who refuses to be pinned down to a narrow role. In another script, she could have been the main POV character of the whole story. And the last response to come in before responses got cut off. Crime lords that are largely untouched while the Empire was in swing and how the rest of the universe adapted or fought back. Man, it's almost like there's a brand new uh, expansion to this game that could really (laughs) shine a spotlight on that sort of thing. Yeah. That's that's going to lead me into the open question now that we've got some some stuff in people's thoughts. Uh, What frustrates us? Now that we've talked a little bit about what us and our friends who could not make it uh, uh, when, when we finalize the lineup were interested in, what frustrates us about Star Wars, both in a way that makes us want to set it aside and not have it in our game, and also in a way that, like, no, you're doing it wrong. I want to take that. I want to mm-hmm. put in, and I want to make something cool out of it. One of the things that has been, um, so I, I brought three character pitches cause I was, I was super anxious about like, oh no, I'm going <laughs> to pick the same thing as someone else. Um, mm-hmm. but one of the ones I'm really attached to is a droid. And that's really tricky because I feel like your choice is either to address the fact that there is, there are qu- like quintillions is the number I believe <laughs> of slaves walking around the galaxy that no one Ooh. worries about, 
or yeah. you just pretend you don't you pretend you do not see it and that's that's <laughs> frustrating to be fair that's kind of how like modern day people are about the yeah. underclass too it fits in you're not wrong literal like and also human slaves in the uh waning days of the old republic well yeah. but but in, in the waning days of the old republic you have jedi knights going around being like i mean not doing anything because that's not what jedi yeah. do but being like wow <laughs> slavery is wrong hey nice droid <laughs> yes 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 yeah it's hard for me to imagine star wars without droids yeah, yeah. so i kind think of and just knowing this group of people, I think it's something that we should include. And yes, we should be mindful of it. We should be like, I'm uh, uh, suggesting this is not an ultimatum. I want droids. Uh, but also, I expect us, if we do uh, uh, decide to have a good number of like, you know, foregrounded, especially droids, to be mindful of what their place is and what that means. And like, <laughs> is... Have someone say, well, the, the real reason that the New Republic failed is that they stopped and they did not consider droid liberation. Mm. Like, this, this is the, the emblem of, of why, why they were not, like, capable of, of really overturning the Order. Hmm. Could be. <laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah. My big frustration with Star Wars as it is, is, like, I think is best summed up by Finn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like... Just, just, he was so good in that first new Star Wars movie, and then just kind of got pushed aside and erased because he wasn't, wasn't attractive enough, wasn't good enough for the role, wasn't white enough for the role, and like, I don't know, that diversity, that change in perspective feels really important to me. He mm -hmm, came from mm -hmm. a different backstory than any uh, Star Wars protagonist ever had. He was different from any other Star Wars protagonist. He didn't, he stood out in a lot of neat ways. Mm -hmm, I was excited mm -hmm. to see where his story went, and then we just kind of didn't get to. And I'd like to do that better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that whole new trilogy. <laughs> mm -hmm. That new trilogy <laughs> just kept swinging <laughs> wildly back and forth. Kind, you got two flavors of that: the the defector uh, yeah. from Galactic and the convert from Going Rogue. There are two mm -hmm. two angles on like. I I don't think I want to play fixing like, Finn in in the the yeah, source material. I don't want to play here. as Finn specifically, but like the idea right, right. of Finn is like a perfect frustration to me because he could have been perfect. yeah he could have yeah. been so mm -hmm. yeah. There's one thing that that frustrates me in in main Star Wars material is something that that frustrates me in a lot of media, which is mm -hmm. the weird bloodline genetics obsession oh, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, just like ah like secretly you're related you you're the you're the child of this other person oh, yeah. and that's why you're important and it's, it's like can't it, you just like like you magic powers are are genetic and it's just like no no if it's this universal whatever force then it should be able to come up in anybody. Like, tapping into it should be a combination of random chance and practice. There's a quest in the Old Republic, and it's optional, and you can tell the guy to go screw. But there's a there's a quest where a guy says, can you go around to all the masters of this temple and just give them all blood tests to see if they're cool? And you're like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, like, no. The, the, most, <laughs> the most frustrating part of that is that the whole... The whole point of the Last Jedi was to be like, the, you know, blood doesn't yeah, matter, fight against right? That, you know? And then they just they just canceled it. No, actually, it does matter. 
No, oh, actually, God. you're you aren't a good guy's child. You're the, you're a bad guy's granddaughter, actually. But you, but you have to be like someone's. Yeah, you have to descendant. be somebody. And it's like, no, you can just be some some random nobody. From... You can be broom kid. No, like, no one should right? be wondering I... about the parentage of broom kid. Right. Yeah. It's like broom kid. broom kid. <laughs> Rogue One is one of my favorite Star Wars movies, and everyone in it is a nobody. Like all the protagonists are nobodies mm-hmm. until they're off screen, and then one of them is Donnie Yen, and you you have to respect. Oh that. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's kind of specific, but I have a, a frustration with the kind of media that mm-hmm. shows the hero or a group of hero mowing down. Mm. thousands of faceless people but you know when they get to the emperor it's like oh killing you would be bad it, <laughs> it, it makes me worse than you yeah i can't I, do that i think we can writ large reject Starl's, star wars's moral compass um <laughs> doesn't actually know where north is there's no magnet in there yeah how can you go north in space when there are no magnets in space I, th- I definitely think that's one thing we're, we're better off just totally ignoring rather than saying, oh, here's the thing we're going to interrogate. Here's, here's the mm-hmm. thing we're going to try to make narrative grist out of fixing. There's just, just do something else. I, I yeah, yeah. Just don't yeah. do that. I think <laughs> just from, don't do that. I think from person to person, it's, it's an interesting thing. Like, I think the interesting question is, how does your character feel about any degree right, of murder? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because I've, I've gone through games where, like, I think I fired one blaster at somebody and accidentally hit a friend, and I couldn't shoot a- anymore. <laughs> <I was, laughs> that, that was a trauma event. <laughs> like, can't do that and, shit. Yeah, stuff like that is, like, part of why Avatar The Last Airbender was so great. Like, <sighs> Aang is a pacifist protagonist. He doesn't want to hurt anybody the whole time. He does, though, mostly by accident, because he's running, he's throwing around crazy powerful elemental forces. Yeah. But he's always torn up about it when it happens. Doing so with intent is a very mm-hmm. different thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. He does defeat the bad guy in a non-violent way, which I, I yep. liked. I liked that he could stick to his morals so that he wasn't, like, proven wrong or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not it's not just the 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 killing it's it's the the hypocrisy of mm-hmm. killing important people is bad but killing yeah. people that I don't know anything about that's fine because they don't exist in my world like the problem is the imbalance of the weight of life yes like there's there's a there's a whole I don't know how to call it but the the, the whole NPC meme of people imagining that. Mm-hmm. Other people don't exist. They're just a simulation. It, it's mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. it's a fascist talking points that it frustrates me to see it as like yeah. taken seriously and stuff that should be anti-fascist. There's people in those armor. Those people are agents of state repression. But uh, uh, you, you should treat them however you want to see them. The same as the the people in uniforms. The same as the yeah. guy in weird wizard robes on a throne. Yeah, exactly. Not to beat the dead horse about Finn <laughs> some more, but man, that fucking intro with Finn cradling one of his fellow stormtroopers with blood on his helmet. <laughs> yeah. That was like, good. A really how strong did, opener. How did they fuck that up so bad? <laughs> it was such a good introduction. I am so mad about Finn all the time. <laughs> uh, 
and the rest of that movie just uh, mm-hmm. it boggles the mind how how a group of people could sit down in a room to write something and agree that that's the way we want to do it somehow palpatine has returned that's yeah. all somehow. we got <laughs> i'm i'm going to uh put forth another big broad question how wedded are we to continuity basically does our star wars have to look like anyone else's and i'm going to be the first to answer by proposing hey y'all familiar with star wars visions <laughs> i need to I watch no, not. actually Please tell me more i've heard good things so, so star wars visions is a a project that uh has recently released a second season uh, where Lucasfilm goes up to a bunch of global uh, uh, animation houses. The first season was entirely Japanese animation houses. And says, hey, we want you to make a Star Wars about whatever you want to make a Star Wars about. And then what they get back is uh, uh, completely canon be damned, uh, iconography kept, uh, symbolism as understood by the writers and directors of these various uh, uh, people. And... A lot of them look sick as shit. A lot of them are a lot of fun. And none of them are concerned about anything Leland Chi has to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I like it. I like that a lot. Yeah, the only thing I'll miss is General Grievous, and I'll get over it. <laughs> we could have General Grievous. We could play General Grievous who survived the war. <laughs> we can have uh, General Grievous. That, like uh, another, another thing that I'd compare to this sort of, or, or used to explain the sort of perspective that I am proposing, is uh, The Star Wars, which is a comic published by Dark Horse. Is, that, is anyone familiar with this? No. 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 This is a graphic novel adaptation of a much earlier uh, uh, screenplay draft of what would become Episode Four: A New Hope. Huh. So this, this has young Anakin Skywalker eventually finding his father, Luke, uh, uh, and there are so a lot of uh, uh, changes. Uh, designs are taken from like Ralph McQuarrie's earliest drafts oh, instead man. of the things that would the eventually be the production art. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing that I really love from that is it goes way harder into its like uh, samurai film inspirations to the point that. The new evil emperor replaced the old good emperor. <laughs> nice. And part of and part of that is the new evil emperor is backed by the the Sith magic samurai clan, who the, their first order of business was uh, up allegedly exterminating the Jedi samurai clan, who were the uh, uh, military mm-hmm. of the the mm-hmm. past good emperor. Mm-hmm. And the implication that there's a lot of uh. uh force-wielding warrior monk orders out there that each have their own uh, dogma to deal with, that it's not... Which is something. I do like the idea of force magic just being a thing, like, outside of the orders. Yeah. Yeah, I I would like to propose, uh, if we want to do force stuff, we have a world where there are a number, maybe... Five, maybe dozens, maybe untold, who knows how many, of like distinct force using traditions. And some are warriors and some aren't. And the way that Star Wars canon has gone so hard into there's there's two kinds. It's two sides of of It's two a thing. sides and one side it's, has two members. It's duality. <laughs> we love duality. But it's like, like poetry. 
like, you can have it, you can do good stuff, you can do bad stuff, whatever. What if we just give up on duality and we have a... Uh, uh, Polytheism. <laughs> not, not, but plurality, yeah. I guess. Right. Yeah. yeah. I do like that idea yeah. a whole lot. Me too. Yeah, it's um, my my only like thoughts on on vibe vibes, I guess, <laughs> of <laughs> Star Wars sure. vibes. Um, I I do just enjoy the the standard flavor of a lot of at least like original trilogy era grungy mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when I think of Star Wars and things I'd like to make in Star Wars, it's basically that. But maybe starting to lean a little more towards like cowboy bebop, <laughs> like the the. I do love the, the idea nice of more middle cowboy ground. bebop, right? I I I I think about the the heavy metal queen episode a lot. Oh, it's a good episode. And and all those little truckers who have all their little decked out sh- cockpits. Everyone's cockpit having their personality on display yeah. was so cool. It's so great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's like exactly the kind of stuff I think about. Yeah. Just the grind, the 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 working class mm-hmm. of Star Wars. <laughs> People trying to get by for various reasons. The thing I'm kind of bringing into this that's a little different from Star Wars is I've been thinking a lot lately about transgender icon Samus Aran, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I kind of want to play as the mercenary to be <laughs> like her. Um, Ten feet tall, bird bones. Yeah, yeah familiar, yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah, half bird alien and weird space armor. That sounds good. Yeah. How, how, um, how do you feel about jellyfish pets? Oh, jellyfish are good. <laughs> Jellyfish are good. Jellyfish are um, just a little baby. It's just a little. I guy. mean, I love jellyfish, even if the ones in Metroid specifically are terrible life-eating monsters. <laughs> but um, they're so cute; they make fun yeah. little sounds. <laughs> yeah. <gasps> and then the X parasite comes out. And it's like, oh, we needed the evil jellyfish. Yeah, they're the good guys. Absolutely, I do not fish. The jellyfish are evil. They're animals that have been That's used true. for per- evil they're purposes. They're predators that are too good at their job against ter- standard carbon-based life. It's true. But anyway, where I was going with that is, like, the loneliness of Samus Aran is kind of important to the Metroid franchise, but that's very... That's not a thing in Star Wars. Loneliness isn't a part of Star Wars. Um, kind of an interesting little thing. That's that's not the same page that I'm gonna have fun. A social Samus. I'm curious, uh, Vel, have you seen any of The Mandalorian? I've seen the two seasons, yes. Okay. It was very good. I yeah. really liked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Mr. Mandalore is definitely similar to what I'm describing, yes. I, no, yeah, I, I think that's too. the that's happy the marriage, with, uh, honestly. Uh, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen the, that show. Is that the one with Grunch Stenchlow? <laughs> yeah, Glupshido, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I love Mando's sensibility to the setting. I It felt like, especially in season one, like someone like took a bet to see how many of the like absolute dumbest parts of Star Wars they could just include in <laughs> in a show dead ass serious face value yeah. you have to accept this is real <laughs> oh like, right I, my train of thought went a little bit off rails the ring was, the reason oh, I yeah, brought sorry. up the metroid thing for Star Wars is um the chozo would be a great example mm. of another force group Oh like, yeah, 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 just a their society own. that died out, and now they're just ghosts. They're all force ghosts. Ruins that full of force rips. ghosts. That's except your, cool. except your dad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, one of your dads. Yeah, except yeah. one of your dads. He's got a real problem. 
yeah. the worst of the dads. Yeah, right. They were. It's an always the worst dad. dad that's that's Star society. Wars is that the only survivor is your worst dad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Society. They did so good with the force. They made this wonderful naturalistic world, and then something happened. They all died, and now they're all just haunting it. If if certain lore things are to be believed, they forgot to fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Got too old. I like the Metroid Prime version of the lore. That's just (laughs) oh, we all got poisoned. Let's become ghosts now. Yeah, that planet had its own problems. And the question was, was it ghost-enabling poison, or were they already, like, always going to be ghosts? Is there a special poison that if you take it, you're guaranteed to become a ghost? I think it was a little bit of column B and column A. I think most poisons, if you take them, you become a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's why it's called poison. I I I think they were planning on becoming ghosts, and the poison sort of accelerated that process. The poison sort of made it happen all at once. (laughs) If I'm remembering right. I did just finish Prime last night, and... Oh, what a good game. Yeah, again, I guess I replayed it. It's still fucking slaps. I I gotta play that remaster. Did the mods from Prime 2 also forget to fuck? No, they're still alive. No, they're no, they're, 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 they're they went into they, they were in the, the sleepy hole. Yeah, yeah you wake them up at the end. There's yeah. just only really, one awake. They're, they're really hoping someone will yeah. take care of this. Yeah. The only one awake is Moth Shinzo Abe. Yeah. <laughs> no, you take that back. Don't, don't yeah. do my. Yeah, hey, don't do it was it was unjust. Like that. It was unjust. Oh. I was thinking yeah. about him earlier when we were bringing up killing one important figure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want, if you want to beat up Shinzo Abe, you should play Persona Five. It's true. It's true. Because he's in there. God, right. Uh, I believe right, you signed a contract at the beginning saying it was not him. I believe that was required. <laughs> you to know, hit new oh game. man, that contract makes so much more sense now. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think. I think. With, uh, I'm sorry for the tangent, but it, it, I, Persona Five fascinates me because in the mm-hmm. West, a lot of people miss the context that. Almost every scumbag in the game is based on a real person or mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. a on a common problem in right. Japanese society. Yep. And the the politician that's the bad guy is literally Shinzo Abe. It is him. Like there's no question. There's so much in- interesting things about Persona Five that but you also have to take that grain of salt of Atlas mm-hmm. oh, yeah. <laughs> and what they do. <laughs> It's it's a game with a lot of cooks in the kitchen, and some of the cooks are pretty good, and some of the cooks are kind of weird, creepy perverts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was almost a good metaphor for Star Wars. <laughs> I think it still holds Let up. all these perverts into the kitchen. Someone wrote Twi'leks. <laughs> I think that was George. <laughs> that's, that's not even the kind of pervert that's causing that many problems. No, How many problems honestly. is this pervert causing? <laughs> Where's their pervert permit? Let, let me take a look if at it. If we want to be slightly fair to George, the Twi'lek he wrote was an ugly guy in his robe. You're right. Well, that dude. He also wrote the dancer, though. The dancer was yeah, also that okay. shows up was, one minute later. I yeah, I guess that's fair. He made the dichotomy of, of sexy alien yeah. babe and ugly and huge freak with big old the fingernails. The duality of man, yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, so, so, uh, the next thing (laughs) is not super productive, but the next thing on my list is, uh, to talk about what pillars we want to use. And I think, I think we've made the decision that the Mm. pillars we want in play are, uh, the space between the mandate, the liberation and the scum and the villainy, right? Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This this is a, a galaxy divided in, in a war between authoritarianism and and liberation from it, and within that, we're very interested in dealing with criminal life uh, uh, being pulled in in this sort of bipolar political situation, and also the force exists. I like part of why I like the scum and villainy separation so much is because like there are bad guys and then there are bad guys, you know. Mm. Mm-hmm. And in Star Wars, neither of them are the villain. <laughs> neither the scum nor the villainy are the Empire. The Empire is the worst. They're obstacles. I think. Yeah. I think it's also important to distinguish be- between a bad guy and a criminal, because mm-hmm. in yes, some parts of the in world, Empire. in some parts of the world, I am a criminal from existing. Mm-hmm. Yes. High five. Which yeah. Is different. Yeah, that applies. I do to not. I do not consider myself evil. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I'll accept a tiny bit of evil in myself. Yeah. Maybe this is a, a, a silly question, but does, does Palpatine sure. think he's uh, good? <laughs> I don't think he cares. Like, yeah. if, if yeah. you're asking my take on Sheev, Emperor <laughs> oh, Palpatine. Sheev. Thank you, Sheev. <laughs> I believe, on. if I had to say a thing, Thanks, Star Wars as a series doesn't care about that question. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think it's not. the most correct way to do it but he's he definitely strikes me as a guy that says like i want to get all like high school nietzschean but like yeah that's for other people i have power i don't need to be good or evil oh you know what that reminds me about that just reminded me about another frustration i had is that's okay for me to bring it up yeah the it's a thing the games do mostly not so Mm -hmm, much the mm -hmm. movies a little bit but the distinction between an evil power and a good power <laughs> when that's nonsense to me because the distinction is how you use it not yep. what it is i i can't hear this and not think about from the uh, the podcast a more civilized age which i'm sure at least a couple other people here listen to the discussion about emerald justice and no it's okay <laughs> i was electrocuting to death because i was totally chill about it <laughs> <laughs> The, the, the dark side is used to cloud people's minds. Hey, uh, what did Obi-Wan do in the first fucking movie then? <laughs> yeah, like this first scene where he beats the Empire. <laughs> right. The Yeah, the whole notion of the Force having specific powers is also a thing that it's, truly went... It's di- so video gamey and it, the dumbest way to do mm, outside of a video game. It snowballed so bad, like... The whole notion of the first two movies was like, the Force is a thing. It lets you manipulate the universe to whatever you're trying to shape it in whatever you need at the time. Yeah. Um, So here's the four things it can do. (laughs) Yeah. One, lasers. Two, beams. Three, the notion that this... The notion that this man could shoot lightning was because he was so fucking evil that's what his force manifests as just destruction it's not just a level five ability (laughs) Mm -hmm. he's a black mage he's got lightning bolts oh the force so uh another another open question Uh, i'm gonna go back to uh that survey previously mentioned to 
uh, talk about it. Uh, uh, so what eras of Star Wars do we want to be sort of, I guess we're leaning more toward inspired by than set in, right? Yeah, right. I think that's where the, the conversation has led us. Uh, so when I, I put this in the survey, uh, there was a number of options and it was a checkbox thing, pick as many as you like. So there was unanimous support for like uh, uh, the the original trilogy times like uh, and the years leading up to it, sort of height of the empire. Yeah. Most people, a majority support for uh, the old slash High Republic stuff. And uh, third place coming in at just under half was like, hey, where's this all going? Let's let's make up the future of Star Wars. What what do we think now, now that we're on a call together? I, you know, I don't want to talk too out of turn here, but I think part of what people get attached to with the height of the Empire, right, besides it just being one of the most well-explored spaces so we're familiar, is that it is kind of this, like, downbeat in the momentum of the galaxy, right? Because you talk about the High Republic and you have, like, you know, battalions of Jedi Knights and people, <laughs> like, traveling, like, just purely with their minds. And the height of the Empire is this period where things are way more down to earth in a way that I think is really appealing. The the fantastical does feel more fantastical when, like, the baseline that is trying to be imposed on the galaxy, mm-hmm. this weird and wonderful place, is uh, uh, gray trapezoids everywhere. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the idea of the original trilogy just because I like, I like fighting against the Empire. The Empire is a good villain. Mm-hmm. Pretty much anything we want to do to do good will work well against the Empire. <laughs> uh, so, what what are some things about uh, that that older stuff? Uh, whether people were thinking the current publishing uh, uh, push for High Republic or memories of playing Kotor? What what about is is there anything there that is like thumbs up that we want to incorporate in our version of Star Wars? Mentioning it because it got the second most votes. Mm-hmm. One of the things I do like from the prequels, uh, and like most things from the prequels, I like in concept rather than execution. Right. Um, if we are we are going to have politics be less of a part but still be part of it, um, politics kind of are not possible at the height of the Empire because mm-hmm. either you agree with the Emperor or you get shot. Um, <laughs> yeah. And having opposing factions with desires is a thing I think is cool. <laughs> Well, that's where the scum and the villainy come in. True. That's true. You can, that, that you is can a politics place, with Jabba. That, that is a place we can locate that, or, mm-hmm. or uh, a fault that we can uh, sort of pry at that with, yeah. I suppose. But, like, there's a... There's like a period after the rise of the empire, for example, before the Senate is is broken up, where you have people mm-hmm, who are mm-hmm. still have official positions, but are like, I disagree with this stuff, and I'm going to push back. And I think that's an interesting yeah. factor to have in play. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think Andor sort of explores that too. When the Empire mm-hmm. is like starting to firm up its grip, there's still a lot of like local politics going on um, before yeah. things get all lockstep. I guess the last top level thing is what are we <laughs> like? Do do we want to uh, throw out character pitches and then answer that question, or do we want to start from there? Like, what is, what is our frame? Are we a rebel cell? Are we? Some of us are definitely going to be criminals. We care about exploring mm-hmm. the criminal element. Some of us are going to be criminals. Are we criminals who uh, uh, joined up to resist the Empire? Or are we just more interested in being criminals? <laughs> it- are, are we a official or unofficial resistance cell? Are, who, who are we a thorn in the side of? 
it could be interesting since there seem to be like distinct interest in the scum and the villainy being big opposition points. If we were like criminals, mercenaries, bounty hunters, sort of low level people who are mostly like for hire people who have decided we have to band together to deal with a local crime thing. And in theory, if the empire steps in, we'll have to do something. But like our primary focus right now is this, you know, big syndicate or something i do love the idea that like mm-hmm. we're like forced to do something anti-rebellious or we're sp- supposed to do something rebellious like out of local concerns that get out of hand when the empire gets involved and now suddenly we're a terrorist cell mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> a bunch of a bunch of unrelated citizens that got wrapped up into something horrible <laughs> at the mm-hmm. same That's, time that is a wonderful uh, okay all right so yeah we're we're a crime cell that uh, is going to stumble into the galactic civil war. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, the, the Empire is a totalizing entity. You can't not fall into it because yeah. that's their thing. It's join or die. Sometimes the rival gang is stormtroopers. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is, is that just support across i i don't i don't want to like that, with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I that that seems the, that uh, seems neat is because because yeah for for most i imagine that for most folks in the galaxy even if you're aware of all the nasty stuff the empires are up to it's still like okay but there's also like nasty stuff that my local jerks are up to mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm. might have empire backing that isn't immediately obvious or maybe they don't yet but they will later because the empire views them as just useful tools to wield and so yeah the the way that things can can escalate as folks were saying where it's just like dealing with a local problem and then the players in that local problem are no longer simply local entities yeah (laughs) Again, I recently watched Breaking Bad, and I do feel similar to that. Like, oh, I'm just going to sell a little meth to pay for my (laughs) cancer treatment. Turns into, I'm going to kill every drug dealer in the Southwest. (laughs) All right, so with that that in mind, um, I guess it's time to, like, pick some playbooks. Uh, Does anybody have any they want to claim? I know some people came prepared with... At minimum one character concept into the conversation today. If nobody wants it, I'm. I want the mercenary, like I said before. But if someone does want it, I'm fine with knight errant. Sounds like I'm the mercenary. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like I'm the knight errant. All right. I, oh, hell yeah. I, I had <laughs> um, my. Uh, I had my eye set on the mechanic. All right. Sounds good. Go for it. Okay. I have one character concept that could use two books. All right, talk okay, through. all right. I guess, uh, what's, okay, what's... My, my choice is I was thinking of either the Ace or the Leveraged. Mm. Uh, talk about your concept. Let's decide. Um, uh, I'm I'm yeah. resurrecting a an old Star Wars character I have made uh, because that campaign never really finished. Uh, so I wanted to bring it back. Functionally, as I've mentioned before, I love space truckers. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have a character that is... More or less, just a driver has a, has a big shitty ship, and is just trying to get by to pay medical expenses for a family member who got caught up in an imperial conflict and was collateral damage, and so has just been trying to get by. I I, I could see them very easily as the leverage. The question is, what is leveraging you, right? 
Um, I mean, like, since we're all kind of getting wrapped up in local conflicts, like, it's very much could be a case of, bite, like, somehow getting wrapped up into biting a hand that is previously feeding. I do like the idea of the leveraged also for that concept, because, like, you are, you are a trucker, which means you're probably working with the Empire because they own everything at this point. But the Empire really, like, messed with you personally. Your family is hurt because of them. Mm-hmm. So you got like kind of a kind of a chip on the shoulder about that. A little bit. If we want to uh, make a decision from a higher level, like campaign shape thing, right. I'm gonna uh, uh, read some bits from a note given to me from uh, Going Rogue and the Scum and Villainy expansion designer uh, uh, Jess Levine. Thank you, Jess. Uh, at Jess from Online. Uh, uh, if you're leaning toward the Ace, just using Base Galactic with the Scum and Villains expansion, that is more like criminal the criminal side of mythic star wars lighthearted criminal fun is the phrase she uses yeah whereas if you're uh picking the leveraged playing going rogue with scum and villainy that's more like criminals wrapped up in rebellion and intelligence work or rather in our case rebels wrapped up in criminal shenanigans because <laughs> we're, we're keeping the scum and villainy playbooks right just knowing the character i want to make i feel like they are maybe leaning on the lighthearted or at least, like, a okay. more good person okay. that could be wrapped up in this group. I mean, we do <laughs> need the, heart. The n- <laughs> we can't all be better. <laughs> it would be great to I, have an ace as far as, I mean, you know, besides me, you know, just asexual. Just common, sorry. Um, <laughs> cha It would be great to have someone who is not just a super shitty person in this crew. Mm-hmm. No, this character is absolutely not, is the thing. Yeah. And I, I loved the idea that the ace... Get you know, like it was it the first tip it gives is to get invested in things, um, and mm-hmm. people and ideas, um, and like the idea of generosity and you know getting in the way of if, of trouble for other people's sake, um, and I love the dynamic the potential dynamic of someone who wants to help but is weighed down. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was kind of where my head was at. Also, to to the point of having some like emotional contrast and having someone optimistic to glue people together uh the convert playbook if anyone's interested in that one it's true is specifically recommended mm-hmm. to fulfill that sort of role in a group dynamic like convert is like almost there for me but i do love the idea mm-hmm. of the the aspect of the leverage that's just like i wasn't supposed to be here <laughs> mm-hmm. and now i'm here and well i guess i'm gonna do my best yeah, if you're leaning leverage, that that's that seems okay. It does it does sound like the ace might be a better fit for for you and also for the crew. I'm very down to play the ace. I think it would be a great contrast. Um, I say this as the person who's planning to play the scoundrel as a uh, basically. What if a battle droid went turned into a mercenary and also the ship of Theseus? Um, yes. Yes. So I'm just a con- like after the after uh, probably not you know straight up battle droid. We'll see where we go with world building, but basically similar idea. Imagine after that <laughs> war ends, it's like well my commander's gone, but I'm still here. I guess I'll become a merc and also repair myself with just random droid parts until I'm this weird droid chimera that just Hell yes. That idea. yes. I do want to say um, I was also going to go with cyborg to be more samusy. So. We can have some bonding yeah. over droid parts moments. Oh, Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, speaking of similarities, I will interject as far as what bits of these expansions do and don't play well together. 
if if you're playing according to all of the designer's uh, uh, suggestions, uh, the the mercenary should be used in place of the knight errant. But I trust uh, this group and Vel and I in particular I to try so to too. make that that similarity be something we play with instead of something that puts a, a damper on our experience. The fact that we share like two strong moves and two vulnerable moves is fine. The yeah, the the way we're similar, I. You and I, we've played enough games together. I, mm-hmm. I trust us to make that something that we can deliver on instead of something that uh, we're, we're just like di- dissonant with, right? Yeah. Do, do you... Yeah, yeah. Okay. I agree. I'm counting, I'm counting on you, bud. <laughs> but I got your back <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, I, I agree entirely. I think we can do that. I don't know. I'm going to have a heart of gold over here. <laughs> <laughs> I can't not sacrifice myself in the name of good things. I mean, yeah, yeah. I said earlier I had my eye on on the mechanic because I like the idea of just the the kind of working class person who is focused mm-hmm. on their craft and and will do things to for a living. It's regardless of the clientele, and the clientele just happens to be a crime syndicate. Yeah, you know, sometimes crime's just a job. It's hard to have no political uh, uh, motivation ever, but there's there's no desire to shake the status quo. There's just a desire to fit in a, a peg and just have your little box of comfort while the rest of the world, the rest of the galaxy, uh, uh, you know, is goes on and, and all these mm-hmm. conflicts goes on and just try to isolate yourself and how that generally doesn't work. Yeah. Just be the gear in the machine. Gotcha. But realize that you're still going to break eventually. I think that's a that's a fun conta- contrast slash parallel with my character. I think they come from two very similar areas and are going to have to confront it. The mechanic will fix up a ship for you. The mechanic will not pilot it into the Death Star. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. I'm staying home. <laughs> Get on here. And how about Medibot? What are you thinking about? Oh, I'm I'm thinking about all kinds of awful things. <laughs> um, so I'm sort of sort of bouncing bouncing back and forth between more or less two completely different ideas. Um, <laughs> Isn't that one always for the way? the defector and one for the Nova? Ooh. Okay. Because for the the defector character, what I was thinking is someone who had been working for the Empire, essentially in weapons manufacturing. Mm. Okay. Um, and for the Nova, I was thinking more of some someone who who comes from, I guess, a society where like some amount of like just force usage is just like heard of how you do but it's also mm-hmm. not something that like you that people really take get into as a serious thing it's just part of how our ecosystem works mm-hmm. part mm-hmm. of how farming works on our planet involves singing this song to the plants why does it work it works because it works i mean we do need a bard <laughs> And and my character being someone who who essentially decides that they've had enough of that that because 
they start asking the wrong kinds of questions about what else can the can this power be? What else can this power do? And those sorts of questions get you in trouble back at home. And they got tired of that, and they left and started just getting tangled up in things. I mean, that seems like that could be pretty fun. I also, yeah, that's a, you I know, like that idea. <laughs> I, I'll, All right, I'll go with that. It also feels like uh, having a Nova in our group is really cool because we have a bunch of people who are really grounded. Well, I'm going to be a little out <laughs> and there. And Samus. <laughs> I mean, yeah. okay, yes, and Samus. Sorry. <laughs> to, just, just to put my cards on the table, my, my knight errant's old cause was definitely one of these force warrior traditions. Okay, I do well. love the idea, yeah. All right, um, I, had, I had a bad read. Uh, that's, that's on to, me. At the no, risk of... Uh, no, no. I, I said nothing about it up to this point. You had nothing to read. Yeah. At, at the risk of uh, being too Luke Skywalker, I have toyed with the idea of Force sensitivity, but I only ever would want to do it if there was someone else who knew more about it to like mm-hmm. be like, hey, no, you, <laughs> there's something about you. Yeah. I don't know... Like, much about the force tradition that my character is coming from ask me in a week okay i can tell you what it's coming from a very different place Mm -hmm. from uh uh medibot's uh characters people like what if i I had two jedi moms (laughs) i'm also too much in love with being a witch who's also a little bit of a robot to not do that every time i can (laughs) um fair so so like i'm I'm just going to be a fucking Chozo. <laughs> I'm going to be like a nine foot tall nice. bird person with a robot arm. Yeah. Also, I guess sort of side question about these characters. Can we just like make up different kinds of aliens? I am. Yeah, Is sure. Is that cool? Okay. Yeah. I, I'm going to do that. Like, I, I have picked no a canon alien I really like the look of, mm-hmm. but part of making a Star Wars is making up new aliens. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. I, okay. So the way, I, the way my aliens work is that... They have up to six limbs, <laughs> which is to okay. say that they retract, and you like so I I can go around with like two legs, four arms. I can retract two of the arms and then just have like double long arms or double long legs. Basically, it's this you know cons- conservational limbs over here. That sounds pretty sick. You know, that you does sound s- pretty sick. I, I know that's not that's not what you were talking about, but you said up to six limbs, and immediately the image I had in my head was General Grievous. <laughs> yeah, 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 I was thinking this, like they they could do this that. arm splits like, into two arms. A more flexible General Grievous. Yeah, a fleshier, force sensitive Grievous. Very fleshy. Lots of fungus. So if we got our basic ideas, I'm going to ask us all to like break up in take a look at our sheets and on the uh, right hand side you'll see a number of of questions guidance for having a look and uh, some things that are a bit more mechanically uh, uh, involved like in my case choose a cause that you were once committed to and why you left Mm -hmm. Uh, and don't do the very last thing ask one left and one right Right. until we've all done the, the rest of them so uh, if you'd like to talk through those, please feel free. It is an audio medium, but I'm also kind of expecting us to just all go quiet for a moment and I sniff this bit out. Tap a tap a tap keyboard. Yeah, something I have had in my brain that I'm just going to put on here while we're all thinking is like, 
You know the Chozo statues in the game, how they're all hulked over and, like, really square? Yes. That's, like, my default yes. build. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking, is I'm going to go around like that, like, partially on my knuckles like a weird gorilla person. But no, then I stand up and I'm a nine-foot-tall bird. I don't know if this is relevant to character creation, but did anyone intend to have a ship? Because, boy howdy, do I have a ship idea. Uh, <laughs> I'm My mechanic probably has, like... Not uh, technically a ship, but it would it would more be like a uh, mobile workshop. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's fun. That's fun. I I will. The other legacy thing I want bring I would love to bring back from this character is just the thing me and some other players workshopped of basically the worst ship in existence that still somehow works. Oh yeah, <laughs> Luke Skywalker saying what a piece of junk. But what if it was true? <laughs> We want those Bebop and Han Solo it's vibes. Extremely. Oh, I'm making a sad boy. My boy's getting sadder every time I make a decision. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that makes us very different from the get-go, so I like it. Okay, good. I'm, I'm not going I'm, uh, in a sad direction. Happy birds. Since, since since we can make aliens, I was I was thinking about how in Star Wars ships. A lot of ships are just like piles of junk that are attached together and nothing is where it yep. should be and everything is just a, a a complete mess of cable management and and parts and you know what's you know, it's it's really hard for like a human body to reach in in some of those spots it, but it, conveniently my mechanic might be like a squid person that can just <laughs> That can just, like, very flexible body that can just shape itself to... No, not, not like a, a, a shapeshifter Star Trek sort of thing. No, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, just, just noodle around. Noodle, noodle arms that can reach those, uh, those bolts a bit easier. I've come... Oh, man, I just saw what the alien you posted. <laughs> I love those guys. Oh, I, those I, dudes. I, I want a good silhouette, right? Right. I want, like... When my character crests a hill, you're gonna know who it is. You know, that that's what I was looking for in in a, a Star Wars species. I am only slightly sorry to say that I will be the token human. <laughs> I think I might be the only one. That's fine. I'm the plucky person that everyone can relate. <laughs> sorry, question. So the the two relationships that we pick are with NPCs. Yes, you're making an NPC. I'm, we're making up NPCs. And as we talk this through, your uh, relationship, it might turn out, some, someone might say, hey, that sounds like my relationship. What if they're the same person? It's true. Y you know what, what I think my character looks like? What I think is a, is a good way to visualize my character. In the, in the second Pirates of the Caribbean uh, movie, uh, you meet Davy Jones, who is a, 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 <laughs> an octopus person. <laughs> I want to be that. His beard is tentacles. Yeah, I want to be that. As someone who uses a knockoff Octoling as her, as her constant avatar, I will always approve of squids yeah. and other cephalopods. So for these relationships, they're they're NPCs. They're none of you guys, right? Correct. Because the Maverick bounty hunter trying to take me down does sound like it could be Grant's knight. <laughs> Shit. I think it's more likely to be a one of my NPC, my rival, that, oh. that I've just defined doing my relationships. Oh, All right, then I will put that in for sure, and they can be the same person. 
I really like the idea of the the mechanic having one of his relationship being the troublemaker pilot who's fixed whose ship I'm always repairing, and I feel like that's probably one of you. That's probably me. I have a I have a slightly redundant skill because because this says so, so picks two skills, but I don't think that's a terrible thing to have as far as storytelling mm. because you know especially when you see my damn ship. <laughs> of course, only one person <laughs> was working on this. I I need one more thing that I have on the two things I have and two things I'm searching for uh-huh. right now. I I am searching for ancient force texts and the secret to my heritage. And I have an Astro Blade. <laughs> um, you picked Nova, correct? Yes, yes, I am the Nova. You have sword. <laughs> I do. Well, it's honestly more of a sort of a gardening implement. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Like, like it's not even. It's it's barely like even dagger length. Feel free to go like off menu, of course, as always here on Six Feet Under. But I'm looking at the list, and the suggested ones are a majority intangible things. Mm-hmm. So, yes. what is what are the more interesting intangible things to to search for? Uh, inner balance, a sense of belonging, respect, destiny. God have destiny. Well, I, I mean, I'm I'm searching for. I guess one tangible and one intangible. Oh, it's the have that you are looking for. It's the have. But you know, yeah. it you usually goes the oh, other way. I, I, had I think it's yeah. really interesting to say you already have your destiny. Mm. Right. Okay, I'll go with that. Yeah. Because the other way is so common. Of like, oh, you're searching for it. It's like, no, I got it. I know what <laughs> no, it is. I know. Yeah. That that is fun. That's a lot of fun. Okay, then I then I'm all. I was actually sort of thinking that, and I'm like, can. Hmm. But yeah, yeah. Let's let's. Let's roll with that. All right, then I, then I am all done, and I can just slam this into the document. Okay, we've all taken a moment to, to look over the playbooks we've selected, make some choices, and now uh, we would like to introduce our characters to one another and to you, the listener. Uh, I figure I'll volunteer to start, and then we'll pick up from whoever didn't read last time we, we round robin. Does that sound fair to people? Yeah. So I'll introduce my character, and then uh, Pauline, if you don't mind, would you introduce yours next? I, okay, and then yeah. so on in, in the order? Okay. So uh, I will start by introducing you all to uh, the Knight Errant. His name is Iser Munn. That's I-Z-E-R, last name M-U-N-N. He is a Shagrian or Chagrian. Uh, if you will think back to uh, the, the prequel films, there was the, the big blue guy with very tall horns and an ornate staff standing behind uh, both Supreme Chancellors, depending on if it's uh, episode one or two and three. That alien species is my guy. That, that's the, the alien I picked. Uh, so yeah, he's blue. He's got very tall horns and he has a grim face and steady eyes. He wears tattered robes and a sentimental pendant. Choose a cause that you were once committed to and why you left. The choice I took is uh, a persecuted clan before they were wiped out. This was not just any clan, of course. This was one of our uh, plural force traditions that was uh, deemed heretical and worthy of extermination when the emperor came to power. Choose one principle you abide by and one lost principle burning a hole in your heart. Uh, Iser abides by the principle to forgive even when it is difficult. 
but the lost principle is to take responsibility for your actions. Oh, I like that one as a mm. principle you've given up on. <laughs> yeah, and it hurts to give up on that one. It hurts every time, but... Uh, <laughs> well, not uh, your problem anymore. It's... <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and then the two relationships. Iser's uh, two relationships that I've made in advance now are the connected fixer who supplies me with jobs. Uh, her name is Malt Beekirk and a maverick rival gun for hire. Uh, this person is named Def Erov, D-E-F-F-E-R-O-V. Uh, and that that's that's it for now. We got more questions to ask, but I don't think we should do that until we've been introduced to everyone. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, basically, the story of this knight errant is, yes, there there was a, a clan of, I, I think this was like, like this dude had a lightsaber. It's gone now. You know, uh, uh, he was considered, he and his clan were considered like a, a rebellion risk and they had to go. And he's the last survivor and has been just taking odd jobs on the wrong side of the law to, to lie low. Right. Gotcha. I guess he's a little bit Kane and Jarrus now that I think of it, but I did not think of it until just the second. <laughs> uh, Pauline, if you would, please. Yes, uh, I don't have a name yet picked up, but my character is the mechanic. For the the, the look of my character, I want to play um, uh, an alien species who kind of looks like a, an octopus. Think the the Davy Jones from uh, <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean two. I mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. Uh, and, which is really convenient because uh, you know. Octopus, octopi, they—they're really like their their bodies are very flexible, and so they can really get into the mechanic, uh, the mechanics of a ship that's just like cobbled together from different things, and it's a complete mess. Like cable management, bad cable management is not a problem because she just, you know, squishes in there and, and reaches <laughs> the 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 bit she's supposed to uh, to repair at the moment. Love um, an invertebrate. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Bones just get in the way so much. Yeah. Sometimes. Get Sometimes. rid of them. You know, the... the hey, I like Bones. Well, let them live their own life. The, the sheet gave uh, several examples for, like, what kind of hands. You know, it was, like, greasy hands, <laughs> distracted hands. But I'm, I'm more like noodle arms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, noodle arms is just get in there for the the, the wardrobe. I'm imagining that, you know, it, it's a person made out of tentacles. A lot of those she doesn't control, so she, she has to tie them up uh, and keep them organized. Yeah. She's a, a lot of, like, hair ties, except they're tentacle ties. Yeah. Um, you know, wearing like overalls. It's like where, like, they found octopuses have, like, a tiny brain in each of their arms yep. sort of thing. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that's how they control them. Some of yeah. them I am not responsible for. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them are not team players. Yeah. That would be such a funny explanation. Like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not a kleptomaniac. Just this one tentacle. <laughs> it cannot oh, stop. yeah. That actually makes me want to make it more of a Medusa sort of thing. <laughs> I love that idea. So maybe, maybe some of the tentacles have mouths, and I'm not responsible for what they say. More like eels than snakes, yeah. Got a got a, a big tool belt, 
my desired currencies are spare parts, because I always need those to repair those damn ships the, uh, the ace brings back, destroyed, um, <laughs> and, uh, the same gossip. Because I like, I don't, the mechanic doesn't like to get involved, but still likes to stay informed of what's happening in, in the galaxy, just in case we gotta, like, change sectors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always have with me the right tools, fading scars, because, you know, even though tentacles are convenient, there's a lot of circuitry that will just burn you all the time. Uh, and it's just too many tentacle ties. I, just, I gotta tie them up, they get everywhere. <laughs> and I have two relationships, one being a troublemaker pilot who always comes back with a broken ship that I gotta repair, and it's a mess. And it's it's gonna it's gonna break in like two days. I know I'm gonna have to fix it again. He, he's, I don't have the correct parts for this, and you bring me back junk. What am I guessing? Am I supposed to? I can I can that's, like fix this up together, but it's gonna break in two days. That's what we call a frequent customer. That's, that's, <laughs> what, keeps your, that's what keeps your bread on the table. And my uh, my other relationship is uh, is a smuggler who gets me the rare parts. And you know, if like if if you could give me a, just a little bit more, little a little bit more money or, or or a little bit more of what I ask, I you know I could afford that part from the smuggler that will make your ship faster. Okay, fantastic. Thank you very much. Uh, Vel, tell us Wouldn't about. Wouldn't six be next? Yes, because I cannot read. So. <laughs> Same. Six, tell us about your character, please. Okay, so I'm playing the scoundrel, um, commonly referred to as Roger, right? Um, that's one of three names, unfortunately, because you have the local number of R0-G636, and they have the full mm-hmm. serial number, because when making this character the rough draft, I, I looked up how many battle droids there were, and it said quintillions. <laughs> Um, and so their full model number is 636-0080-5576-3284-8221-6392FF. Um, is it any wonder people call them Roger? Roger <laughs> Indeed. Roger. Uh, also, that's the other reason, yes, is people being racist Roger, Roger. about my tendency <laughs> to say Roger, Roger. Um, as far as a look, we've got a smiling robot face. Uh, and mm-hmm. constantly moving servos. I had to do some creative interpretation with uh, the the you know descriptions I was given because none of them fit robots. Uh, wardrobe. We have mismatch but complementary components because I'm a bit of a ship of Theseus over here. And the one part I could keep a big cape. Gotta have it. I have a high grade blaster and a favor ode from someone powerful, but I have lost a sense of belonging and hope for a way out. I really thought that droid army was going to work out. Uh, as far as jobs i tend to take um i steal things sometimes and i assassinate people Mm, we have such a different moral compass while being like (laughs) very similar characters otherwise oh boy looking forward to hearing more about that um and then i have to have three relationships i guess because that's sort of my character yeah the the scoundrel is very uh social Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. mm mm-hmm So first off is the scheming mob boss I.O. And I was inspired by the character Tim from Andor, who's just the, the name Tim, but with an extra M. So it's Greg with five G's on the end. Uh, Greg Blasbell. My cocky rival who always gets the best jobs, who is Kiro Tavarek. 
uh, the mercenary friend who stole from me and left. That's Sean Setha because I looked up uh, proper chis names and they're a pain in the ass. So just say Sean Setha instead of saying fresh Sean Setha Krelga. <sighs> but yeah, just a just a friendly like I, I I think a fun mix of like sort of a co- like a comic relief character with a strong undertone of menace. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. I, That's fun. If I may, just a small tangent. Your the name of your character reminded me. I the very first time I watched Star Wars, it was the first French dub, and uh-huh. in that dub, uh, they they changed C three PO's name to be six PO because they were trying to match the name with the lip flap in a way ah. that worked better in French. I don't think it worked. And they also stopped doing that. So now it's back to C-3PO in every localization since. But it's just a fascinating thing to me. Like for, for a while when I was looking at Star Wars stuff in English, I was like, why is it C-3PO? Why is it different? I don't understand. <laughs> Is it a different robot? Did they change the robot? Did they get a new one? Is there anything else we need to know about Roger right now? Uh, no, it's just a just a friendly murderer. Just a friendly murderer. <laughs> Fantastic. Right. So, Savell, uh, tell us about your bounty hunter. <laughs> uh, well, I'm not a bounty hunter for one thing. So, I'm playing as the mercenary. I named her Lash Alar. She is a ten foot tall bird woman. <laughs> um, I love to see it. Real lanky, not as strong as you'd think, and uh, mostly just has to like kind of hulk over to fit in human spaces because the Empire makes everything human sized. Mm-hmm, so I spend mm-hmm. a lot of time like crouched over at half height. My big central feature is I have a big bird beak, but also a robot eye and a robot left arm. Mm-hmm. Also left eye. It's like it's like the whole left side of my face got hit with a thing when I was young. Blah blah blah. Gets upgraded from time to time. It's now kind of a hunk of junk, but it still works. I have a blaster installed in the robot arm that is set to stun. Fuck it, she's just a Chosa from Talon 4. <laughs> Pre-ghost, I guess. Most of my society are ghosts these days, but I'm still around because I wasn't there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Lash's two jobs that she does the most are smuggling and extraction, and she refuses to kill. That's literally the opposite of Roger over here. I refuse to not kill. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was thinking the whole time with um, Ragni's unnamed character, like, oh, both those relationships sounds like other characters in our group. Because <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of a, a smuggler for rare parts over here. I wear silky robes that over, like, thin armor. Uh, something I lost is my community. There aren't other Chozo around these days. I know how that goes. And I never had a cause worth committing to, which ties into my fate being rebellion. I'm going to find a cause worth committing to, I think. I share a relationship with Grant's Ivor. Grant is, like, competing against Defaraz. They're rivals. Death mm-hmm. wants to take me in. I'm, on, I'm, like, a little bit on the run from the Empire as a smuggler. Mm-hmm. I get stuff through their system that they don't like. And I have a droid barkeep named Plura, who is my job contact. And I'm just going to remove that last name because I'd rather they be a droid. That sounds more fun. Plura is a fun name for a droid. They're Plura because they're plural. There's like three different droids that are the same person. Oh, man. 
I've had very similar ideas. She can run the whole bar by herself, because she can be in three places at once. We should hang out with Plura. Alright, that's that. me! We'll so which that brings drawer. us to Shakes. Uh, um, I am playing the ace. I'm playing the character Grace Thorson. Grace the Ace. Grace the Ace <laughs> Thorison. That's what they call me. <laughs> I think I made up somebody who wrestled somebody named that uh, one time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, a few people might be familiar with this character out there. Um, Grace is a, for lack of a better term, space trucker. Just an odd jobs doer. Her main thing is trying to fund the recovery and surgery of... Her sister, Omai, who was caught in collateral damage in an, in an Imperial conflict. Can't afford the Bacta tank, probably gonna have a cyborg sister, but that takes a lot of money, no matter who you know. For her look, I summarized it with warm smile, determined eyes. Grace is a is a bit of a, a positive figure, no matter, no matter what's weighing her down. The wardrobe is... <laughs> I loved the choice, Too Many Pockets. I've had art made of Grace, <laughs> and truly, I think this jacket needs six more pockets, because... Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. You got the leather gloves, got an old bas- bastard blaster. <laughs> an old bastard? <laughs> He's at that's, home. That's what she calls the blaster, yeah. <laughs> old dirty bastard, yeah. Grace is very into the Wu-Tang Clan. No. Um, <laughs> an old blaster. I, I added some custom things, just... Because I'm messing with it. Uh, yeah, she has a she has a pair of glasses with the that are frames only, sentimental, and space goggles. We can determine what they do later. <laughs> her longing, in in conjunction with what she is trying to do with her life, is freedom and stability. Like it's it's kind of at odds with each other because Grace is a natural like explorer, I think, but she also just would also sometimes like to stop. <laughs> And just finally be done. Her other skills, uh, two other skills aside from being an ace pilot, is fixing, I put in scare quotes, ships. You make them work again, and that's all that matters. <laughs> you slap a little duct tape, maybe some chewing gum. Uh, we'll tie those wires together. I think they go to the same place. Uh, Concussive maintenance. It gets us home. Um, and scavenging to go with her many pockets. Uh, Grace, is, Grace is a self-sufficient person. A secret... The secret third skill flirting uh i don't know if that's ever gonna come up i just know <laughs> i just know her i, I want to note how many flirting based options i had to dodge as a robot <laughs> smuggler uh, oh, there's yeah. a bunch of like oh what one night stand did you and i'm like guys <laughs> it it's the han solo playbook. i understand or and, or the lando playbook and i thought or, about trying to make cetera, it work but it was going to be complicated I anyway, think, I apologize. I don't think I don't know or anticipate this being a thing, but I do. Grace is, you know, is a romantically open person who who gets around the galaxy. I'm sure there's been some stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe not on smuggler level. Her relationships, I uh, I put down an anxious droid she has befriended, and a smuggling crew she abandoned. Yeah, I was gonna propose um, that we could be partners in this, like. You're the space trucker, I'm the smuggler. <laughs> did, did we both go into business for ourselves? Uh, is 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 Lash the only member of that crew you did not abandon? <laughs> or no, I think I, I think it'd be more interesting if I was smuggling crew V2, maybe mm. didn't know about V1. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. 
Grace Grace is bouncing. Something happened with that smuggling crew to be determined. Yeah. And now she's just trying yeah. to make make it work with someone else. I mean, I think the most dramatic way for the direction that we're taking this would be like they all got caught by the Empire oh. and you left them. Oh no, God. <laughs> yeah. Like, so much of the ace is also... <laughs> That's, like, the antithesis of what you're supposed to do as the ace. And I feel yeah. like it, her adopting that going forward is just, like, such a like an what atonement. <laughs> it's such an yeah. atonement kind of thing. Like, man, I fucked over a lot of people, and I don't know if I can let that happen again. That could be a, that could be a fun wrinkle. I like that. Yeah. Um, and that's that's all that's all for the ace. I'm playing as the Nova, and character is uh, Sediosi. Mm. Pronouns are they them. Uh, they are a lutatif. Uh, lutatif are vaguely humanoid shaped. Um, a little bit on the shorter side. Um, adults around on average maybe five and a half feet tall, with up to six spindly limbs. Uh, they can retract. And extend uh, their limbs uh, at will, not particularly quickly, but in basically any configuration that they like. Um, they have a deep red chitinous plating near the parts of their body that can be shoulder joints. Sediosi has a soft face and curious eyes. Uh, their style is mismatched fabrics and flowing robes. It's it's really just a mess of leftover scraps they bought off tailors that they thought looked nice pinned together. However, they managed to do so in the morning. The result is sort of this weird shapelessness that arms just seem to sometimes emerge from. Where, where, do the, where did all these arms come from? <laughs> you know, that's that's really a great question. Before they were the Nova and really had the force as a big part of their life, they were farmhand uh, because part of the agricultural practices on the lutative homeworld involve force usage. Uh, although it is not taught as such, it is not explained as like, here's, this, here's the force. It's this universal binding energy between all living things. It's just, this is how we grow the crops. But there are older historical texts and artifacts uh, on this homeworld that refer to more usage of the Force for things other than this. Um, but in modern society on the planet, uh, pursuing such powers or even trying to research that part of history is frowned upon. The things that Sidiosi has. They have an astroblade, uh, not, not so much a sword, more of a gardening implement slightly adjusted for uh, self-defense. Mm -hmm. um, and they know their destiny as to what exactly that entails. Mm. We'll just have to Play see. Play to find out what happens. <laughs> yeah. The things they're searching for are ancient force texts and the secret to their heritage. They really want to know both more ab about this power that they... You know, they were taught about in this very narrow way and how it fits into their history. Why, why is it that we are not supposed to know about what we used to do with this? Their relationships are the austere family I left long ago. Mm. They, of course, were not happy with me 
trying to do all of these socially frowned upon things because it embarrassed the family. Um, it made other families not want to invite them over for, for parties uh, and really just sort of lowered their social standing. And my other relationship is uh, with a troublemaker kid who has asked me to teach them. A uh, little Jope wants to skip ahead with force usage to the part where you throw rocks with your mind. <laughs> and the cool part. No, no, no. Uh, we, we, we've got a few other things to think about before we pick up and throw any rocks with our mind, little one. That's, that's not what this is about. Let's, let's spend some more time with the fungus first. Um, so that is all about Sediosi. Okay. Thank you very much. And that is everyone. That's six out of six. So now, uh, we're gonna, uh, keep going and do the final step of character creation, which is knitting these characters together. Everyone is going to ask one question left and one question right. Uh, uh, that is assuming we were all sitting in <laughs> some sort of space. Do we want to, like, shuffle it? It's our, it's our last time going through an order. Let's make up the order. I suppose I'll take the burden of starting and challenging myself to do this. I, I'm looking at my three questions. And I'm looking at who would be most interesting to ask one of these questions to. I, I have to say, I'm very curious about the relationship between this uh, uh, nearly exterminated force user and this uh, uh, very violent droid. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Roger, uh, uh, I gotta ask, what do you admire about Iser Munn? I think part of what, like, I think there was a point where we had a conversation and I, like, I, I suggested something and you said, that's against my principles. And I think it was the first time I'd heard that word used in that way. Uh, and I was uh, like, uh, huh. huh. People have limits? Well, it's like, <laughs> I think the way Roger thinks about it is like, when there's a job, I do the job. And as far as like the individual actions contributing to a larger picture of self is a new idea mm -hmm. for Roger. And so I think what Roger admires so much about, about, uh, Iser, about the knight errant here is like principles and a sense of, of what sort of person they want to be larger than what they're doing right now. Okay. Wow, that's yeah, yeah, that's great. an incredible that's cool. first qu answer. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, so a uh, six. Pick one of your questions and ask it to anyone but me. We'll try to make uh -huh. a loop out. Yeah, of this. I, I, I'm starting to diagram it at the bottom of the dock. <laughs> oh, oh I thank idea. you. That's a very good idea. So I have I have four questions, and one of them seems really interesting to ask one specific person who's not from around here. So Grace, yeah, what did you know about me before we met? Oh, about Roger. Uh, <laughs> I, I I will allow this guy sucks, but it does seem like a short answer. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I so this is a this is a thing that Grace got from her uncle. Grace's uncle swears uh, would swear up and down that they saw Roger getting most of their parts from a junkyard in Ord Mantell. Absolutely true. Can confirm. <laughs> To, to build on that, including your battle droid head. Well, okay, that one's not fair. That one's, <laughs> that one's unkind. Is, is the, the like, beak face Doug Chang uh, uh, B1 battle droid head 
the only thing identifying Roger as a battle droid. I suppose there's some uh, uh, programming left over that makes the the name stick as well. Yeah, but, I think it's it, but think like it is, outwardly, visually, visually, it's the head. Though even the head is kind of like been like reinforced and reconstructed. Um, Story blaster. Yeah, I was gonna happen. say if you're a, if you have a robot smiley face, I feel like that beak is probably like smashed into a different shape at this point. <laughs> well, I I <laughs> think of of battle droids as having smiling faces. Look at those friendly guys. Um, but yeah, I think I think it is the overall shape of the head and then just like speech patterns. I'm wondering if it's too easy to ask Ra- uh, Pauline's character. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the one that maybe is the easiest answer. Do I impress or exhaust you? <laughs> uh, both. Yeah. What a great question. Because... You know, it's it's tiring to have to fix this piece of shit every time, but how do you even survive in this? Like, <laughs> that takes some skill. I'm fixing it to, like, the maximum of what's possible. I would not fly in this. I do not trust this thing to hold together, and yet it does for you, and I do not understand this. Time until Pauline ends up in the back of that ship. <laughs> oh the God, end that's of the happen. first episode. <laughs> yeah. Can I state for the record that the the sh- the name of the ship is the Cloud of Unknowing? That's a good name. We don't know if it's just a joke, but somebody said it has the the hyperspace engine emits colored gases <laughs> out of the ship. Oh. T- <sighs> I could explain what that is, but that would take too long. <laughs> it's, it is it has caused urban legends of of its emissions. Powered by a fucking unicorn. It might be. Look, the fog is simple. It's it's because of a very certain uh, element in the engine that it's the explanation just goes off in infinity. Uh, the point is, wear respirator if you're going back there. Sidiosi. What broken uh, what broken thing did you ask me to fix recently? Oh goodness, I because I I don't, but I did have um, something broken that I asked you to fix. Not necessarily something that comes from where you come from. Maybe something you found. Sure, sure. The, but I also uh, I don't I don't collect a lot of stuff, which means that maybe it was my astroblade. Oh. You said you were looking for knowledge. Maybe you found, like, an old data cube that you have no idea how to read. Orb. Uh, that's true. Something, may, maybe the broken thing, I've never seen it in a repaired state. Mm. And I want to know, like, what was this? What is this? Is this even a clue? Or is this something that as soon as it works, I'm no longer interested in it? So, yeah, yeah I... I Asked you to fix, um, a Galleon cube. Mm. I haven't seen one of those in God knows how long. What, what even is it? (laughs) Is it even a cube? Well, I mean, a cube implies... It can be a cube. a, A cube implies six faces, and it sort of has six faces, but... That's fun. They said it was valuable. I didn't feel like arguing. So, uh, to to make this loop work, Medibot, you've got to ask a question of of uh, Vel's mercenary. Hey, Lash, why have you been worried about me recently? 
There are so many similarities that I see in you in a way that I don't like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this society of magical people who are living in touch with nature. Nothing will go wrong there. Nothing will go wrong with digging into the past about that. There's no way your mission won't end in disaster. So I'm worried about you because I feel like your intentions are noble and pure, but I cannot see a good outcome to them in the future. That's a good answer. (laughs) And then I get to ask Ivor. Yeah, speaking of closing the loop. Why do you want Lash's help? What is... What is Lash good at? Let's take a look. Uh, uh, being very t- getting things off of high shelves. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I'm a smuggler, and I have the objective of abstraction. I think I'm good at like getting things out of places. Getting yes, getting th- getting people out of places. Yes, I've, uh, even there. There are a lot of times tonight where we've said, "Here's the obvious thing. Let's do something else." Well, sometimes the obvious thing. Is the and, and the common thing are there because it just works, yeah. right? I think that there is a tiny bit in Ivor's heart where uh, uh, if you ask him, he will deny it. But what if he's not the last? What if mm. there is a chance oh. that one day he might need someone to, to go extract a second survivor? He doesn't know who it might be. He do, but just like if one if one of us made it out. There might be a second, and, yeah. and maybe yeah. I need I need if if that hope against hope ever is realized, I need an expert. I like that a lot. You said you haven't seen Andor, right? <laughs> no, of course I have. Oh, okay, you have. Gotcha. I was like, I thought you said you didn't. Someone said they didn't. Um, but I yeah, that's no... literally the the inkling that gets Andor in trouble at the start. So that's fun. He gets him in a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah, that's where it all starts for him. He didn't have. He thought he survivor. was the expert. You know, yeah. that's that's the problem. He didn't have an expert. That's true. So uh, it's my turn to ask a question in the opposite direction. So that means to you. Yes. I was holding on to why did I risk myself to protect you recently, but I feel like that's really tied up in what I just said uh, to answer yours. So instead. Like I know, I know what I uh, want from you in the long term, but short term, perhaps. What did you do that inspired me to fight alongside you? I mean, you've you've got a fate of rebellion after all, and I yeah. don't know if I want to get mixed up into that, but <laughs> at least at this point, yeah. Um, I feel like I'm not there yet at the rebellion when we're starting our story, but I'm definitely like falling into it. Something I did to inspire Ivor. Uh, do you mind if we buy time by yes. uh, skipping ahead to yeah uh, yeah I'll think on it six receiving and asking their second question because they've got a hard out approaching yeah sorry so uh, shakes if if we could just skip ahead to you oh, asking yeah, yeah. your second question to to Roger and then Roger asking oh it is me again <laughs> <laughs> asking their second question to for... all right uh yes to uh to Roger how did I catch your attention recently. I think there has always been a dreamer side to Roger in uh, in an unexpected way. I don't know if you've ever seen droid pilots. Um, I don't mean to be racist towards my own kind. We're so bad at flying. <laughs> um, I'm wearing the t-shirt of an example. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's like, you know, we, you know, we can do like, you know, there are, there are like, protocol droids there are you know like the um astromech droids who can do like the calculations but the actual flying unless we're r2 we're pretty bad i think there has always been like a dream of flying element to roger 
and has just been really like has been wowed by both the way you pilot and then also like afterwards like talking to you sort of is struck by a, a level of like not necessarily humility but not ridiculous bravado about it like rogers like how can you just act like a normal person when you can fly like that how can you i feel like anyone who can fly like that would like radiate light and you're just a person i can talk to and it blows oh, my mind yeah. this makes me very happy Grace isn't a isn't a cocky asshole and you expect people who with those skills to be cocky assholes yeah absolutely uh and then uh my question for you mm-hmm. what did i do to make you wrongly believe i don't care about you after that job af- after like Iser refused this uh uh uh, job on principle like i think roger just like walked away like i i think there's there's a uh that that was uh you know important as you described to you back then but like without facial expressions without the the body language Iser read it as like dismissal mm-hmm. and so there's there, we we have very very different memories of this moment right mm-hmm and that i think it causes a lot of friction it is going to cause a lot of friction between us yeah because Ro- roger just you know has these thoughts but without you know like especially a battle droid without natural coding for it to show on their face or in their language just always seems mm-hmm, like they're mm-hmm. being dismissive it's like yeah yeah it's like oh so i i mean not that uh the the image of this character i have isn't one that opens up easy but like wants the invitation in in that like very like i've got feelings here mm-hmm. <laughs> as much as i'm not exercising them much lately a <laughs> little out of shape but yeah 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 <laughs> uh six do you do you want to uh do you need to bounce like like should we get your your goodbyes and your plugs right sure. now anything else you want to add sure yeah uh, i'm a little late for my my mother's birthday so i should get going. <laughs> oh goodness oh my goodness i'm so sorry it's, it's, you know this thing happened um, so, uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at six Detmar, S A X D E T T M A R. Uh, my DMs are open. If you, if you, if you got something to say to me, um, and then otherwise my work is at scanlandmedia.com or patreon.com slash scanlandmedia. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Roger will return when this becomes gameplay. And I'm so excited for that. I, I'm me very too. excited and I'm excited me to too. listen to the rest of this app. I'm not going to be on, unfortunately, but <laughs> <laughs> all right. See you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Take it easy, gang. Bye. Okay. Uh, where where were we? We were with you, Vel, yes. uh, answering a question of mine. Yeah, and you asked me, how did I inspire you to fight? Uh, yes, what did you do that inspired me to fight alongside you? I think what it is, is looking at your principles. To yes. forgive even when it's difficult, but you refuse to take responsibility. I, I mean, think... I used to. I used to, man, but... <laughs> yeah. You used to take responsibility, but you feel like you can't afford to anymore. It's my pacifism. That impressed mm-hmm. you on, like, we did a smuggling job together at some point. And there was an easy way in, and I made the job a lot harder, because I didn't want to hurt anybody. But we still succeeded, and that impressed you. That inspired mm. you to, like, okay, we can fight without having to, like, throw all this away. You can still be human about it. Uh, that's That's fun. That's good. That's good. Uh, 
You can trust me to work alongside you because you know I'm not going to make unnecessary problems. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Savelle, your second question to uh, Arnova here. Yeah, Uh, to Medibot. What secret about my past am I unaware that Setiosi knows? What do you know about me and the Chozo that I don't know you know? Oh yeah, so there's actually some of some of the history I did manage to find that wasn't immediately confiscated uh relates to some some ancient communications between our people and the Chozo. There was there was some stuff in there about I guess is the secret more about you or about like It's supposed the Chozo? to be about more about me. Okay. You're you're like ten feet tall? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that means something. <laughs> that's that rules. that's not actually normal for Chozo. Okay, that that can mean one of two things, <laughs> or like it used to mean one of two things. You know, mm-hmm. centuries ago. These days, you know, you're no longer bound by these traditions. But it does mean that you do have a specific connection to a specific ancient practice of theirs that would probably be ethically frowned upon. <laughs> Okay, so I have an unknown previous purpose that I know nothing about, you know details about. That's fun. It just didn't seem worth mentioning. Oh, that's fair. Why bring it up? <laughs> I get to ask a question of Pauline. Oh, talking about secrets. Pauline, what, se- what, what, what secret do you know about Sidiosi? Mm. Oh, secrets. I've... I think I think I might know what you're looking for. I think I've seen that information somewhere in <laughs> in an old like data drive, but I don't know where that is. I don't even know if I have it. It's in my um in my workshop. I don't know if I sold it. I don't know if it's broken. It's somewhere. I'm pretty sure. Like what you're talking about rings a bell. I'm pretty sure I've heard about this. <laughs> Hell yes. Give it to me. I, I, I'm going to look for it, but let's... Look, I have like... <laughs> I'm busy repairing the shit. If you want to take a look at the junk pile... Just check the hard drive. It points to stack of 15 hard drives. Hard, hard. <laughs> I don't understand how any of your machines work. I can't talk to them like I talk to the fungus. <laughs> can I get can I get a guide to how to use? I computer? can understand the fungus. Oh, it was it was one of those you know like, um, what because like the fungus and the machines had at some point a way to communicate. It was one of those converters. <laughs> oh yeah 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 adapters. <laughs> the fungus adapter. Uh, fungus to droid adapter. <laughs> yeah, like how they plug into mushrooms sometimes and make music. I, th- I thought I thought you had to. The only way you can talk to the the fungus is by singing to it. You can't just build a machine. Oh no! Yes, but I swear to God, I had something like that. Etc. Like chitinous plates tapped together in exasperation. 
So, Pauline, let us close this this circle. Uh, you've got one question to ask of of Shakes, of our ace here, of Grace Thorson. Oh, Grace Thorson, why have I been on your mind recently? <laughs> uh, eyebrow up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I see what that arm do. No. <laughs> Not that kind of podcast. Um, you remind Grace of her sister a little bit. An increasingly amount, actually, as you get more caught up in work and just sort of bury yourself in in tasks and information. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's, there's something increasingly familial, especially with the sort of, not tense relationship, well, maybe tense on one end <laughs> relationship they have. Just the 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 way she interacts, the way uh, uh, she, she talks to Grace, just the 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 confrontational way she chides you every time you come back with a broken shit that reminds you <laughs> of the sister. Yeah, uh, Grace is not the brains of the family. Uh, <laughs> her sister was definitely the brains. There was that friction of of heart and mind. Is very familiar to her, and she has, she has contemplated this. Okay, uh, it sounds like we did all the steps of character generation. Yeah. However, we still have our pillars. Uh, oh. uh, our pillars also have a little bit of customization, so, and I want to do this collaboratively. Mm-hmm. And I want to start with the scum and the villainy. Oh. So this is pages twelve and thirteen of the scum and villainy expansion. Uh, so we've got our scum. They're not always the most reliable bunch, but they're who you have. And when the chips are down, they just might surprise you. Let's choose two to three of the desires. Our choices are redemption, notoriety, revenge, honor among thieves, reliable crew, escape from this livelihood, the jackpot, and enough credits to get through the week. As a pillar, as a setting element that we will be interacting with, that that will just be the, the background of our adventures, what does the scum want? I think the jackpot. Mm-hmm. Th- th- this is a scum that wants a big score. Oh, yeah. The big casino they, heist. They want to get into the secret room in the back of the Everyone's grocery Everyone's just store. trying to look for the big payout. The one that gets them out of here. It's true. And I think on that front, reliable crew. I'm a fan of the honor among thieves. In, in the sense that there's no codified laws between the scum, but there's there's like social norms that are just unspoken, and like you don't you if you don't respect them, the mm-hmm. group will kind of eye you weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're all in this together until somebody gets the jackpot. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm hearing a lot of support for the jackpot. I'm hearing a good amount of support for Honor Among Thieves. Is Reliable Crew the third one? Is there a third one? Does Is Revenge also a desire? And is that going to be like a fun tension against Honor Among Thieves? What are, what are we thinking? I think given, given what the jackpot seems to be bouncing off very well into is Escape from This Livelihood. Maybe maybe more than Reliable, they want someone... <laughs> group of people they can trust to get out so like a- as a baseline as a rule we're we're talking about a scum that doesn't want to stay scum if we want the scum to be more human more more good-natured criminals because we're under a terrible fascist dictatorship then yeah that sounds really good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
the jackpot, honor among thieves, escape are three good desires. Is is that a is that a consensus? Are, are we feeling good about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna copy and paste those into the doc, and while we talk about the villainy. <laughs> The margins of empire where some see desperation, others see the potential for profit. Racketeers and warlords, time for their two to three desires. We've got deniable assets, unscrupulous guns for hire, fealty, territory, tithes, monopoly, respect, in quotes, <laughs> uncomfortable bargains, and strings to pull. I want to put forward territory. I was also I want going to put to forward say that. territory over fealty, over a mon- over monopoly like yeah. these are uh scrap they they want the the like boots on the ground power right yeah. their peace yeah they need their little their little kingdom so the empire stays out or at least pays t- pays taxes yeah to them to get in and uh uh i also want to pitch strings to pull is interesting because like i I like them having their hooks in the Empire and the Rebellion. Yeah. I, I, I like them having, like, maybe different cartels, maybe different sides of the same cartel, whatever, having double agents, have being uh, interested and able to play the the powers against each other, right? Yeah, I agree. What, what do people think? I, I don't want to dictate. I, I want to just, it's just a pr- proposition, right? Yeah. I, I've been in agreement so far. <laughs> yeah, I think those two desires yeah, are the best good. ones. I don't really... I don't want them, the villains, to be about, like, monopolizing or about deniable assets and all that. We're, I don't want to work for them. I want to work against them. So territory and strings to pull sounds best. May, I, Do we want a third one? I, I like, if we're thinking about a third one, I like respect, Same. in quotation marks, yeah. as a way to contrast the honor among thieves because honor among things is about understanding mm-hmm. each other what we want and how we interact with each other in a way that all benefits us whereas the the respect is more about hierarchy and just fear, fear and just telling people what their place is and who is in power yeah i think that, i like it that falls in line with territory very well mm-hmm mm-hmm Okay, now let's go to Galactic 2E and go to uh, time to talk about the space between, you know, the Force. <laughs> and this is going to be a kind of a Force-focused game. Like, some of us are edging that way. Yeah, literally half of us are force kind, A little bit, some degree or another. Mm-hmm. Uh, Without so, any Jedi, which is fun. Mm-hmm. That's that's my ideal situation is is people figuring Same. out the force like maybe maybe someone becoming a quote unquote Jedi out but like going a real weird route about it. So I'm gonna propose something that fits with all three of our force groups: unity with those who came before. Mm. We all want to <laughs> relate to a people we don't have anymore. Before we get too deep in discussion and picking a second one, because I, th- I think uh, I'm hearing a lot of agreement, uh, just for the record, the, the choose two desires, solidarity, difficult choices, balance, intense bonds and uncontainable emotions, solitary training, enlightenment, revelation, and unity with those who came before. 
Medibot's farmhand is trying to look deep into their Force Society past. I have Force Ghosts. I have little ghosts haunting me. Uh, Grant's character has the the closest thing to a a Jedi of us. Yeah, Yeah, you have a wiped out Jedi sect. So I think unity with those who came before. I have a a wiped out Force Warrior sect, yeah. Is the second one difficult choices? I was thinking difficult choices. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking difficult choices. I like difficult choices. Because the, the sort of whole thing is like, hey, we there used to be something else here, and now we don't even want to, like, talk about it. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah, no, I like... What went on here? What made, like, what made that seem like a good idea at the time? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, uh, going back to uh, the idea I've been running with, with, like, pluralist force traditions there's lots of perspectives on the force that's something that i think is like difficult choices is something that uh can go in a lot of ways for a lot of people right Mm -hmm. yeah like uh uh balance brings us right back to duality and and uh, uh, We're sort of kind of pushing away from that, yeah. But there's a lot of difficult choices in the world, and the idea that the the guiding, unifying, metaphysical principle of our galaxy is just like, hey, things are gonna suck for you a little bit. What are you gonna do about it? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. but you have to choose. Like, okay, <laughs> I kind of love the reinterpretation of the Star Wars like default modus operandi of duality with the difficult choices. Because mm-hmm. replacing a light side and a dark side with path A and path B. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Our life can branch in completely different ways. We're going to have dichotomies, but they're not light side, dark side. Mm-hmm. They're like forks in the road. So we're going with unity with those who came before in difficult choices, correct? I think yes. that encompasses even our non-force people in a fun way. Because yeah. the force is everything. Yeah. It's everything, yeah. not just Jedi's. It's everybody. Like I, I do want to keep Yoda's big speech. Yeah, like yeah, it surrounds us. <laughs> it surrounds and binds us. Energy. What does that mean? Does that mean like you uh, kidnap babies through blood tests and like have a weird ascetic thing going Shum- on? Uh, <laughs> maybe some people, but not not my crew. I didn't roll like that. Not my Yoda. <laughs> So uh, the mandate, the mandate, uh, our, it's going to be the empire for us. We're going to call this the empire, right? Yeah. Yeah. Choose two desires, untold destruction, unquestioned supremacy, military expansion, an end to the Nova, hierarchy and order, dominion over the space between, and restoration of an old order. I like dominion Um, over the space between a little bit. Yeah, that's my... My immediate impulse is dominion over the space between because we have two extinct magic yeah, societies. That, that makes sense. That makes it. perfect logical sense. Yeah, the empire is definitely like crushing down on the force. Unquestioned. Supremacy. Yeah, that was yeah. my other immediate instinct. There, like, no, there, there is, there is one magic user in the world, and he can choke you with his mind. There is, mm-hmm. there is one way of life in the galaxy. And it is our way. And to even conceive of another is foolishness of the highest caliber. We don't even need to crush a rebellion because we rule in such a way that it categorically cannot take hold. 
Like, um... We have solved you. <laughs> yeah. The game ends. There, there is a fantastic scene in Andor where a regional governor is talking about, like, a local religious practice. And how, like, if we just make it 5% harder, eight different ways, no one's going to do it. And now the, the way of life here is the imperial way of life, and we get to just extract their resources. Yo. And it... Yeah. It's yeah. so good. And I think I think that sort of perspective, I think, is an inspiration for, for our, our empire here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, what was it? They said, like, every every year since they started making it harder, it's like the, the crowd has decreased by, like, 75%, something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now there's just a couple hundred people where there used to be tens of thousands. So, our last pillar, the liberation, uh, our rebellion. Choose two desires. Retaliatory violence, long-shot missions, hope renewed, military strategy, imagination of a better world, ideological discourse, and working together. I like long-shot missions because that sounds like a, a cool heist. It's very gamey. It's very useful for a game situation, it's, isn't it? Ain't it? It's also something a lot of us are geared towards right now. A little bit. Look, maybe, maybe it's just because I came out of playing the entirety of Persona 5 twice. <laughs> but I like, I like a good heist. I like a good yeah, casino heist. heist. so fucking good and cool. Uh, I, are, are we agreed on long shot missions then? Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to run a trench. I think okay. some of the best Star Wars I can think of are the big long shot missions. I mean, it is Star Wars. It is <laughs> that, the, that is what it's mm-hmm. made of, yeah. It's the, yeah. the climax of every film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so what do we want to bolster that with? Yeah, is that's this the more interesting part? Is this a retaliatory a rebellion? Is this a military rebellion? Are, are these uh, uh, is this ideological discourse? Are people just like shouting in the, in the town square? We've had a lot of sad backstories, but pretty much no one has talked about revenge. I think retaliatory violence is off the table. It's true. It's yeah, not a very revenge yeah. focused group. The only person here who wants to do violence doesn't care about revenge. <laughs> they just they just do violence. Yeah, they just do violence. Roger just do violence. It's a living. D- are we imagining a better world? I I'm kind of imagining a better world. Yeah, I I do like that one because it's really optimistic. Yeah, that's like peak optimism, and I think that's even if we're a bit mm-hmm, grizzled mm-hmm. all around. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, I'm I'm imagining the shape of this campaign, right? From things we've been talking about earlier. Yeah. I mean, it's going to start with us doing crime jobs in a divided galaxy, yeah. and eventually, eventually, uh, uh, the rebellion will will be part of our world. And just like the moment where we see people actually trying to improve the galaxy is, I, I yeah. can imagine that being a revelation to our characters at that point, like two three sessions in. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I think that will be life changing for literally all of us. Yeah, I love it. I like imagination of better world. I don't know what else would fit better. I I like it also because I think the mechanic would assume a better world is not possible. Ooh. So mm-hmm. just yeah. just from experience, it always just the 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 oppression always wins. Just don't. You know, just stay in your line, to stay away from the... And to shake that up, to mm-hmm. force the, the mechanic into realizing that, no, something better is possible, I think is interesting. 
Okay, so that's all the game decisions we need to make. So now... Uh, I think a little summary would actually help a lot, though maybe we could release as like a tiny little tidbit on its own. I see. So, uh, just absolute bullet points. Uh, I'll I'll take over for six when we get to to Roger. But just like one sentence summary, if if you can. Let's start from the top with Shakes, please. Okay. The Cliff Notes. Grace, the Ace Pilot, the Optimist, the the person who wants to help people, but maybe doesn't know how. The normal person. <laughs> uh, trying to get by. But maybe uh, about to do something better. Maybe even great. Uh, so next is uh, my character, Iser Mun, the Knight Errant. Uh, he's a Chagrian who came from a, a force-wielding warrior tradition and is the last survivor thereof, uh, making a living uh, under... Uh, uh, out of Imperial notice as an outlaw who uh, does not quite fit in this life, but it's uh, uh, the closest thing he's found. I, he, is, he abides by the principle to forgive when it is difficult, though he has uh, denied himself. He's lost the principle of taking responsibility for his actions. What a chill dude. <laughs> All right. Sediosi, the Nova. A farmer who is absolutely bent on discovering why their people insist on only using the Force for agricultural purposes, despite ample historical evidence that the Force uh, was used for so much more in their society in years past. They, They ventured out to find this knowledge with not a whole lot more than their, their gardening implements mm-hmm. and knowledge of... of how to make things grow, and it turns out that's that can be enough if you can meet the right people. Um, and well, these are the people they happen to meet. So my character is the mechanic, a squid person who fixes shit by wiggling in the uh, the very hard to reach parts of cobbled together pieces of hardware. Uh, would would rather stay away from all the trouble. Um, just, just wants, wants to do her job, wants to stay, uh, uh, afloat, uh, but still, still wants to stay informed of everything that's going on, and I figured out their name, her name, her name is Bones, because she doesn't have any, and it's funny. <laughs> I love that, actually. Ooh, very fun. Lashalar is a gigantic bird woman from a now mostly extinct society that have become literal ghosts. I am a smuggler, an extractor, and I refuse to cause harm to others if I can help it, in spite of my size and giant robot arm. I'm just looking for a purpose. And I uh, uh, will remind everyone of Six's character, uh, since they had to step out, they are playing the Scoundrel playbook as Roger, a uh, uh, battle droid that has repurposed many spare parts, ship of theseusing themselves uh, year after year to the present. They use their high-grade blaster in order to shoot their way through life, making a home in the uh, uh, underbelly of the galaxy. They're <laughs> rather violent and sound like a heck of a lot of fun. I'm excited to play with six. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm excited to play with everybody. 
And now, our pillars, please. Uh, just a quick description of how we characterize these pillars along with the desires which we've selected for them. Yes. The scum are truly the downtrodden trying to get out. We've embodied this with their desires of the jackpot, honor among thieves, and escape from the livelihood. We're looking for the next big score, to be out of the orbit of the Empire. Meanwhile, the villainy, uh, uh, the aspect of our setting that is uh, those who uh, run criminal enterprises, the cartels, the the syndicates, uh, ours are uh, greedy, seeking to expand their influence and control both in territory and uh, uh, in the the uh, crossfire of this galactic civil war. Their desires are territory, strings to pull, and, quote, respect, unquote. All right. The space between, also known as the Force, desires unity with those who came before and difficult choices. There are quite a few characters in our group who are searching for more meaning about what Force the Force means to them, uh, their people, and their history. A lot of their history uh, now has been intentionally buried. Maybe there were reasons for that. And we have uh, the Mandate, which is also the Empire, desires dominion over the space between an unquestioned supremacy. They are the way of life that they decided was the best one, and they will force everyone else to follow it or destroy them. And the Liberation, the Rebel Alliance. Of course this one falls to you. Of yeah, course. of course it does. <laughs> Honestly, all of these fell perfectly. A little bit. <laughs> Excuse you! I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I think it's funny that the cog in the machine described the mandate. <laughs> That's fair. That's I fair. suppose. I suppose. <laughs> Alright, so... Our rebels desire long-shot missions and a better world. We imagine something better than what we're stuck with here, with the Empire's unquestioned supremacy. We're questioning it. That's what we're here for. We're here to poke holes in the mandate until it crumbles. All right. That's uh, everything we've decided today. Uh, after... After a uh, uh, wrapping recording in the chat in the next few days, in uh, 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 shared documents, we're going to be planning this out, filling more of our setting, uh, uh, our particular version, our our Star Wars comma vision, if you will, uh, uh, to, to make a world to set it in. And then we're going to play a game for a while and have a lot of fun doing it. What that means is uh, uh, we're... Not committing to a launch date for session one. There's a bit of work to be done. I just described that work, but it will be coming soon. If you would like to jump in on something like this before that, again, I got to point out the all the materials we've been reading are part of a bundle along with along with a fourth expansion by Riley Rathal uh, uh, about putting cyberpunk. Uh, influence into your your game of Galactic, which sounds very fun. Uh, uh, but all of that is just twenty dollars as a bundle uh, compared to I didn't even do the math, but it, it is certainly a discount uh, buying all four titles separate. That is on itch as 
wretched as the wretched bundle of scum and villainy. Uh, so go check that out. I'm sure it will be linked in the show notes. Uh, so thanks again to Riley Rathal and Jess Levine, not only for making this game, but also promoting it, which is how I knew that which is what uh, lit a, a fire under under my seat to make this happen and uh, also providing pre-release a pre-release version of the scum and villainy expansion for us to to do our uh, pre-pro with that that was a fantastic uh, uh, gesture of support from from them uh so now uh, before we go I'd like to again invite everybody here to do some uh personal plugs for where, where can people find you and anything you want them to find that you do? Right. I am Action Shakespeare. Uh, you can find me on primarily on Twitter at that gal in the hat and Twitch, uh, ACTN Shakespeare. Otherwise, check out Tales of Harbor, uh, Twitter at Harbor Tales. Uh, check out Longtime Watcher, First Time Writer. And if you really want to dig into my stuff, please check out Fifty Shades of Grayscale, my Game Boy Let's Play. Mm. I played fifty Game Boy games. It was it was a lot of fun, actually. I'm going to pass, sort of. I'll, <laughs> I'll do mine uh, sixth, and but a second, I will be six. Uh, <laughs> uh, everybody should go check out Scanline Media. Uh, their their writing, their podcasts, including Mechanista in G, which I've been on two or three times, and I'm sure that number is going to go up before too long. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, you can find Six on Twitter at Six Detmar. That's S I X D E T T M A R. And uh, uh, Scanline Media is supported on Patreon, where some of those Baker's Dozen of podcasts are patron exclusive pretty good ones in the lineup i must say from personal experience no plugs i don't make anything until <laughs> uh i guess this? until i finally get yoshi's cookie figured out mm-hmm. supporty sports supporty sports always i'm on a leaderboard somewhere so i think that counts <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm Pauline Ragney. I am no longer on Twitter. That account still exists, but I do not use it. Uh, you can find me on co-host uh, at Pauline-Ragney or on Twitch at Pauline Ragney. Uh, I, I stream video games that I like to talk about with friends. Recently, I'm sure, I, I think I think I may have mentioned this, but I played through Persona 5. What? And uh, I, I don't do this as a living, so it is kind of sporadic. I'm actually taking a break for about a week because I want to rework my mm-hmm. um, my layout for the next game I intend to play. Uh, hopefully next week I will have something new with my friend Harriet, who knows nothing about Final Fantasy, and I'm very excited to share Final Fantasy. <laughs> I can relate to this. Hi, I'm Vel. If you're listening to this, uh, you're probably very aware of the books I've written. It is episode zero of a brand new thing. That's not necessarily true. That's if not there are new listeners, this is where they're going to be. No, you're right. Uh, hi, I wrote Fellowship, Panic at the Dojo, and Final Bid, all of which we played on the show previously a couple years ago. You can find me at itch.io at itch.io slash Gothica, or on Twitter at Veloministriari. I haven't been writing much lately, but I am 
eventually working on a third edition of Fellowship. That'll happen someday, somewhere. Those are wonderful games, and uh, the uh, tabletop role-playing community is better off for having them. Uh, but that means it's circled back around to me. My name is Grant. Uh, you can find me doing 15 years worth of Let's Plays on YouTube at Chip and Ironicus LPs. The current game, we are, we are currently, we are in the mid-game of Kingdom Hearts Final Mix. Uh, but if you want to check out Final Fantasy VII Remake or uh, Uncharted 4 or uh, Super Mario Odyssey, those are some really, really good ones. Or the uh, editing on MGS5, which is unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I'm I'm lucky to be the sidekick to the best in the business. Truly. <laughs> uh, you can also find me making a podcast called Sex Archie, where my wonderful wife and I watch and react to every single episode of Riverdale. Also moving into the, the midpoint of its final farewell season, season seven. It is all uh, uh, coming to a conclusion. You can find me personally doing uh, plugs and short nonsense on Twitter at uh, uh, G-E-N underscore Ironicus. Uh, or you can find me doing uh, longer nonsense and the occasional thoughtful thing on Co-Host, where my uh, uh, account is called My Name is Grant. This is Six Feet Under. This is a long-running uh, tabletop RPG show that uh, I am one of the creators of, along with everyone you've heard talking today, uh, whether short time or long time. Uh, you're all in the family now. Get used to it. And <laughs> you can find it at sixfeetsunder.com, S-I-X-F-E-A-T-S-U-N-D-E-R.com. On Tumblr at six, that's numeral six, F-U, dot Tumblr.com. On co-host at six feets under. On Twitter at six feets under. Uh, and uh, uh, we encourage you uh, to listen to a number of our games. I think all of those social medias have a, a list of pretty good starting episodes right there uh, for you to find and check out. Uh, this is a Patreon-supported show. Uh, our music, our art is all paid for by our wonderful patrons, and we do uh, appreciate that very much. We have... Yeah, we're back to it. Yeah, one last shout-out. I did want to say, hey, special thanks to Jess Levine for bringing us back from the dead. A little a little bit of inspiration goes a long way. Uh, uh, thanks, Jess. Not the first time <laughs> Jess has inspired great things in me. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can find her at as Jess from online on many of those places. Hey, she's one of the people that makes co-host a thing I yep. mentioned a couple times a second ago. <laughs> Thanks, Jess. <laughs> Good night, folks. I guess. I guess that's all that's left to say is. Good night, folks. Good night, folks. Good night, folks. Okay.